From the Dice Abide Live studios, it's Late Night War Games with your hosts, Adam and John. <laughs> Thank you, Jay. And hello, everyone. Uh, I'm Adam. You know me as the Dice Abide. Yay, Rooster. Hello. How's, How's it going? going? <laughs> Another day. Welcome back to welcome back to the show. I'm glad you can make it. Thank you, thank you. It's good to be here. I see you took your uh, you took your cobra. To yes, yes. Style. <laughs> Rocking my rooster um, cobra. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, uh oh, looks like John's uh, mic might be muted. But rooster, what are you drinking tonight? I am drinking Dosakis. Same thing I had last time. This is kind of my, one of my go-tos. Uh, I drink a lot of other things, but I always come back to Dos Equis. Is it the the original, the amber? Uh, this is the lager, the the lager especial. Yeah, that's a that's a solid lager. I, I enjoy the Dos Equis. How about you, John? Uh, I am having some tea liqueur, like the sweet tea liqueur that I've been enjoying for a while now, and it's in some hot water in in my. My mug, and I actually remembered to warm it up before the show, so that's good. All right, excellent. Well, tonight I am having—I totally forgot that I bought like four bottles from Crux when I was there of their like very special, encased in way too much wax uh, <laughs> bottles. This is the one that I blindly grabbed as I was quickly sprinting to make sure we start the show as on time as we could, and this is the Raspberry Tough Love. Uh, it's a barrel-aged imperial stout, and we'll see if it's delicious. Gentlemen, cheers. 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 On by. Hmm. Oh, my God. I could pour this over ice cream. Yeah. It is. <laughs> it's not good. Oh, that, it's, it's definitely like coffee, chocolatey with um, a bit of vanilla and, of course, raspberry. That is killer. It's been aged three years. Fantastic. Recommend it. Crux makes some really great stats. So they, they, they make some great beer in general. Pleased with my decision. Excellent. <laughs> All right, well, John, you want to uh, take it away with some news? Sure. So September's about done, but that doesn't mean you don't have time to write in some uh, reports for Bromet Academy. So if you played a custom mission to submit to Corvus Belly or you just enjoy making up your own missions for funsies, you want to playtest them and send us a report of how it went, you get a chance to win a uh, blister or patch of your choice. Well, blister, com comma, or a patch, your choice, not a patch of your choice. I don't have all <laughs> the patches to send you. Let's be clear about that. Um, but yeah, that's that's the that's the thing for Runout Academy this month. Next month is going to be back to sort of our regularly scheduled programming where you're trying something new. Um, in your lists, but given that CB has the uh, mission competition, we figured we'd align our our mission with their mission. So, um, also we've got our painting contest, right? So last couple of days to finish up the last bit of highlighting, whatever you need to do before varnish, get it in. Uh, just remember the theme for this quarter is conversions. Uh, if you are crazy, you can start now, um, but I maybe don't recommend that. If you want to just show off some cool conversions and not be judged too, right? Like, so you, you won't get entered into win prizes, but you just want to share your conversions with the world. We're happy to show them too. So uh, please feel free to send those in to uh, report at All the details are on the internet, so you can find them, I'm sure. Um, 
in lumbering uh, sprocket news, we've got a force compendium change feedback sort of situation. If you want to play a game uh, with the new profiles in the force compendium and you want to let us know how you uh, how, how it went or what, how you feel about it, uh, is any glaring things that you think um, are, are an overcorrection or an undercorrection, let us know uh, and we'll, we'll provide the feedback to, to the very person who's with us, Rooster, and um, we will we will <laughs> talk about it. Um, and then, of course, if you are wondering what to do about uh, ECM and smoke and it's really trouble, uh, a lot of trouble cracking those bubbles, just go and punch them in the face because they don't get bonuses when you do that. In fact, they get uh, potentially negatives if you do horrible things to them. So those are things. Um, you can definitely read about that thanks to Than on LumberingSprocket.com, and there'll be a battle report for you next week, I believe. Um, in other news, we've got some community news from Forest Dragon. Oh, yeah. Yep, so Forest Dragon has put up their, I guess, the October releases, some Harpies and Chaos Ogres. They're working through the uh, the, War, the War Master Chaos Army list right now. And those ogres look pretty damn good when you see the, especially when you see the bigger pictures of them. They, um, you can almost put them out at 28 millimeter scale and run them as full-blown ogres. They're fantastic. I mean, you know, things would be a little disordered, but his sculpts have been great. And uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing what else comes out with Chaos. Um, we don't have much in the way of sponsor news this evening, but uh, DreamPod 9 Summer Sale is going on right now. It ends the 30th, so you have two whole days to hurry up and get your orders in and enjoy an extra, I think it's like 10 or 15 or whatever percent off. So go get it. I think that wraps up the news, which means... It's hobby time! Time to talk about our toys. Let's do it. So I, I haven't done anything. I've been, you I've done been anything? very busy. Yeah, work, work is a little crazy right now. Uh, it's a lot of a lot of. Uh, usually, I'm in work maybe like once, maybe twice a week. Twice a week is a lot, but I've been basically every day for the past couple of weeks because uh, we're it's it's lab time. So, that is brutal. I mean, it it's what it used to be like two years ago. I know, so, right? Like going into the office. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. I can't complain. Yeah. yeah. Have you uh, got any hobby in? Uh, for me, yeah, uh, absolutely none. Uh, school started back up, and um, I've been pretty pressed for time. I've been doing a lot of testing, though. Uh, I have to give some credit for everybody who's put work into that TTS mod. Um, awesome stuff, and very helpful for putting things together for running testing. Nice. We'll, we'll talk about we'll dig into that a little more in the gaming section. Um, I guess I've got some hobby to talk about. Yay! Yay! I, pay, I put some paint on a thing. All um, right. And so I was pretty happy getting my Foxtrot light grenade launcher finished. And then right after I finished it is when I realized that, right, they took this profile out of N4. So won't be using my, her as a Foxtrot with the uh, grenade launcher, but she'll just be a fine Foxtrot Ford Observer anyways. Yeah. And this is yeah converted out of the uh, the Hunza kit. Very cool. Yeah. Gave her the boonie cap. And then I've been working on some heavy gear miniatures, of course. I changed the turret again on my Bandit Hunter Clems. So again? I didn't like the Yeah, so I didn't like the way they were originally. Um, and so what I ended up doing is I put the heavy machine gun on one side of the turret and then repositioned the rocket launcher to the other side of the turret. Um, 
And that worked better. The thing I don't like is that the rocket launcher sits really close to the top hatch. Mm-hmm. And I've got this thing about you know, firing guns in front of uh, points of entry of the vehicle. <laughs> so I, I moved it, and then I didn't like it. I didn't like the asymmetry. It was throwing me off. Um, there's also some profi- uh, some of the Clem variant profiles that have HMGs that, because I put the HMG on the turret, I wasn't able to represent those faithfully. So I took the HMG back off the turret, put it back on the body of the Clem, and then I made my own little mounting brackets on a plastic card to mount the, the rocket launcher kind of at an angle off the back of the turret. So it gives it, uh, again, the, a silhouette that is similar to the original, but it moves it a safe distance away from the hatch was the goal. Nice. Yeah, and then uh, I started building south. I did the thing I said I wasn't going to do. Um, I'm starting a second polar faction. I'm going to be doing militia for the south, which is the um, the uh, the police state convicts. You know, Conscripts. Army. Yeah, conscript army. Um, I'm going to not do the insane thing, which what I did for north is I... I am faction complete for North. I have everything there is in North. I can run every, almost every variant of everything in the army. Um, I'm not going to do that for militia. I'm going to get. No, I'm not. You will. I'm not, <laughs> you I'm say not, this. Like, like I love all of the weird uh, units that North has. With South, um, probably because as a as a line, it got a little bit more attention, especially kind of in. The, we were talking about this earlier, kind of early in the the late '90s, um, where they would put out like four different models to represent the various stages of development of the GP gear. Right. And like all of those are represented with rules. Like this is kind of like the GP gear, but it's got a slightly different gun or a slightly different armor. Um, but I will get copperheads and I don't want to run most of the variants. Um, so I'm going to keep the, the gears down, but what I will probably get all of are all of the tanks, every one of the tanks. <laughs> I, I love these southern tanks. I will have many, uh, many caiman, many crocodiles. Um, it, you know, if I do get more than two of any one gear, I'm probably going to get a whole mess of asps, which are <laughs> like four point. Uh, they've got light some anti-infantry light submachine guns. They're four points in GP plus. Like mm-hmm. excellent. I can do with six or eight of those. Um, <laughs> but, oh yeah. But you know, I don't want to have a, just a ton of hunters and a ton of mambas of a couple of cobras so yeah i'm gonna i'm, I'm gonna keep it down so how does the the police state convicts have mechs and tanks like well because you need pilots for those mechs and tanks whether they want to or not and fighting fighting against the north let people go <laughs> re, you know redeem themselves in glorious combat and supposedly one of them someday might get their freedom well also something to point out uh if uh you track some of the history on it. Sometimes the conscripts got mistaken for always being convicts. They do have convicts in the militia, but the reason they're yeah. talking conscripts is because it's a conscripted military force. So it, there's lots of conscripted military forces out all over the place. Uh, so one key thing is it's not necessarily convicts in the ass, although there probably are some of those. It's also, hey, these were the guys that were forced to enlist, and we're not necessarily going to give them the best thing unless they prove themselves otherwise or prove themselves to be above the rest. Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. It'll be a fun little project. Um, I'm going to try to keep the army at a sane, uh, sane size 
All right, we'll see what happens in in uh, in a few months, right, guys? <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna come back with like every single gear. I, You're a completionist. I, I see it. Yeah. I you know I am. It's happening. Like, everyone, it's happening. Here knows I am. I will. I will. I will watch quietly from my <laughs> my side of the table. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna leave you to do like CEF on all of its in all of its uh, territories. And then maybe I can just handle north and south. That feels like a roughly even amount of miniatures. Yes, that's true. All the all the uh, <laughs> the daughter colonies that have come back into the fold, which which you should do too. What did you What did you tell me earlier that CEF, CEF stood for? Clearly, everyone's uh, friends. <laughs> we should read that back, guys. Yeah, well, now that we have you on Rooster, we should just rename it to BFFs. Right, that should be the faction. Oh yeah, <laughs> already <laughs> best friends forever. <laughs> Lord. So, yeah, built a couple of South models. And then I got some of this plastic terrain that I've had my eye out for eye on for a long time. But it always seemed like too good of a deal to be true. So I never ordered it. But then I keep seeing it crop up in people's you know, photos of their of their Gundam or photos even you know, from heavy gear. Um, and what they are is they're they're like MDF buildings like we're used to for infinity, except they're like one point five millimeter thick um, plastic that's been laser cut. And I gotta say like the, the average cost of these buildings is between like six and eight dollars. Nice. And they're the size of the 12 to $20 MDF buildings and are actually like better detailed. So highly recommend it. They're from Outland Models. It's just outlandmodels.com. Um, you can actually find them on Amazon. People buy them and then resell them because they're kind of hard to find. Um, so you'll see these same buildings for sale on Amazon for two, three times the price, um, just because people don't know where to get them. Mm-hmm. So recommend it. Yeah, it's Outland Models. It's like five bucks flat rate shipping or something nominal like that. The crazy thing, and I've again had to talk myself off the ledge of this, is that they actually sell 3D printed interior stuff like offices and factory equipment. It's like, oh yeah, I should totally detail the interior of all of these. I should not. I will not. <laughs> yeah, so there you can see the inside. So these this is one of the more expensive ones because it has all the floors inside. I think those come to like twelve dollars. Yeah. So it's not bad. You the yeah. other one of the things I like about those buildings is they have flat roofs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're using rules to where you're climbing buildings and stuff, yeah, you can put stuff on the roof and that's quite nice yeah and they don't open up floor by floor that picture that john just showed is just taking one of the sides oh you lost me lost the last five seconds of what you said oh no i was gonna say that yeah they the the side that they don't come off floor by floor um that was just a picture of the the side coming off so people could see what the interior looks like um you don't even i think i only glued one of the buildings in that picture, like they held together just fine to snap together. So even if you just want some quick terrain, you can throw it together. It doesn't really need paint. I mean, they're kind of light gray. And we're fine. So yeah, been building those. And it probably just means that John and I are going to order like $300 more with that stuff <laughs> to, uh, to, to furnish a couple tables with. Yeah, we'll see. Well, John, while you have this up, uh, should we talk about some games we played? Sure. So first up, it looks like you've got our uh, game of heavy gear on. Yeah, you want to talk about lists? 
Sure, we can talk about lists yeah, since go for it's it. uh, relevant for the discussion tonight. So this is 100 points, and I really wanted to emphasize, you know, the the fact that North gets lots of cheap big guns. Sorry, my dog is scratching a lot. Um, so I took two uh, rabbit grizzlies, which I like rabbit grizzlies with the grenade launcher buff that just happened. Um, they are going to, you know, they're even better, right, because they're hitting with that burst on the grenade launcher. Uh, field armor makes them tough. They just seemed like a lot of fun. I wanted to throw two on the table. I haven't done it since the grenade launcher change, so had to do it. I took a dogfire R because I've been bugging Rooster for the dogfire since beta. <laughs> and if I didn't take one when finally given the opportunity, I feel like I would be offending you. Um, <laughs> to lead that group, normally I go with a arrow jaguar, but I wanted to I wanted to take something that would complement the the grizzlies moving up close. So I took a thunder jaguar secom. So set up ECCM and most importantly that linked MRP. So that gives me four linked medium rocket packs in that combat group. Uh, my second combat group is two of my arrow hunters. I just finished converting the models, so I wanted to, to use them. And they're a good profile, eight points for, you know, it's only two uh, light anti-tank missiles, but, it, you know, that's enough to get work done. I threw a bobcat in there because it's a GP unit with a target designator. And then leading them is probably my actual, one of my top three units in all of North is the spearhead hunter. Mm. Ten points for a hunter with a heavy auto cannon, Like... <laughs> That's that's not messing around. Good word, um, my Jerboa. It's very rude. <laughs> um, you know, on top of that, it's got a skill point, which makes it a great leader. It was my CGL for that squad. Uh, set up me CCM again. Also, both help being a um, a combat group leader. Also helps prevent them from getting uh, data or detailed scanned. Mm -hmm. And then my last combat group was me just kind of being silly. Um, with a uh, Nemesis Jaguar Duelist. So took a Southern Special Nemesis Jaguar Duelist with a shield and field armor. So I've got piloting three up, rerolling, field armor reducing damage. I just wanted to make as tough as a uh, as tough as possible of a uh, Nemesis Jaguar as I could. Just something for John to waste orders on. Yeah, it took six <laughs> orders of shooting uh, just to, to go. <laughs> Spoilers, <laughs> <laughs> but I did it. John, why don't you tell us about your list? Uh, yeah, so I decided to play some pack because it's been a while since I've played pack. Um, and so my I also have been really on this airdrop kick. Um, infiltration mm -hmm. is good in Infinity. Why wouldn't it be good in Heavy Gear? Uh, it's something I generally don't do, which is I airdropped uh, LHC 67. But the assault variant is probably the correct one for that because you have your frag cannon, your rotary laser up close. Um, and so I wanted some sort of E-War stuff in the midfield too, so I dropped in a Gerbo Flash Paratrooper. Plus the model is cool, and I wanted to maybe grenade launcher you with the new grenade launcher changes. Uh, and mm -hmm. then I wanted it to be cheap, so I threw in an Assault Squad uh, just because it matched the group type, and I didn't really care what else it was. I just needed points to go into the, the slot, and that's exactly what happened. Um, the second group is the thing that you didn't want me to take, which is the Voltiger, because um, <laughs> you've been afraid of that, so it means I naturally have to take it. Uh, and then again, to pad out that group, I took a Lizard Sandrider because it was cheap and it does the thing that I want, which is lays things for anti-tag missiles. Um, third group is you know pretty standard for me, which is a bunch of hover bikes. 
I decided to keep it to a very modest two hover bikes this time around. And I threw in a pair of stingers mostly because I have six of them and I built all six and I feel like I should put them on the table if I have them. So that's why they're there. Um, and then to have a fourth combat group, I took an independent operator SBN um, with an auto rifle just to have a thing. Really just to eat an activation and maybe shoot something with this medium rifle. So that's why it's there. Um, yeah. Solid list. Four activations at 100 points is pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. Especially one of those activations mm -hmm. is dropping two anti-tank missiles and a field gun on something. <laughs> <laughs> a linked precise field gun. Yes. Um, yeah, so we played on the, the table with the new buildings. I did the exact thing we talked about. Dropped my Espion on the roof. Uh, it was it was fine. Uh, it definitely died almost immediately. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, it made Adam worried about it, so that was good. Um, it was mostly because every other time you've taken an Espeon uh, duelist against me, or like your BF two twenty five duelist against me, which yeah. is uh, roughly an equivalent unit, they're always just a giant pain in my ass. And yeah. for some reason, I've never seemed to be able to kill them. Yes, also true. Uh, but yeah, this time you didn't really have any trouble with it at all. You just shot it, and then it died. Um, <laughs> I, the, I regret the, not making it a target. The the dog fire did I think did most of the damage. Uh almost yeah. kill it. Um but then you had your you had your strike squad on the left and your hunters on, on your right. Uh and then basically the flow of the guess this is you dropping anti tank missiles on it, and then I I respond by dropping ABMs on your stuff and we go back and forth a few times. And then basically when the stuff started to unravel for you was when I got my tank behind your your uh your uh hunters yeah. and, and wiped that squad. So I really like having a really speedy tank that shoots well above its points value uh, on the enemy table edge, shooting things in the butt. That was, that was great. That was brutal. Yeah, it was, it was super good. Uh, would, all, would recommend. It fall, yeah. It all fell apart for me when I started rolling like five dice at a bike and then rolling a key mode. Oh three. yeah. Yeah. At one point, like this interaction here, it was like five D six, right. Versus my two D six. And I was like, well, I guess, I guess the lizard's dead, and you rolled a three, and I also rolled a three, and I was like, "Is this thing agile?" Sweet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So the dog, the dog firefighting, the linked medium machine guns that the lizard did nothing. Yep. The grizzly, oh. the grizzly focusing its linked medium rocket pack at a bike. So rolling five dice there. Yeah. Or four dice, right? Two base linked. Focus. Yeah. Yeah. Four yeah, dice you, there. You, you shot at this this one bike in this picture. I think you dumped four or five like full activations into it with like yes. let them have it up and it just like refused to take any damage <laughs> that's right it was five dice because i let them have it up yeah thank you and so. yeah and then same thing with the um with the uh the jaguar there walks across the corridor opens fire with the rockets yeah does nothing yep again rolling all of the dice yep <laughs> and then it was like well shoot and i finally was able to get like a shot off on a stinger who i nominated Cause like that, I felt like that was one of the two correct groups to nominate for. Um, yeah, the other one was definitely the Espion. Yeah, I, I should have tried to kill the Espion, but I was. Yeah. So, you, so you you killed this stinger. You you wounded yeah. it and then you killed it on the following turn. Yeah, but I was just so afraid of that stupid Espion. I'm like, I'm not gonna kill it. Why well, try to kill it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then immediately <laughs> dies. Immediately dies. Right. <laughs> but and then, but that uh, it's for man. 
And it looks like you, uh, John, you took that Voltiger at top speed or something. Uh, what do you yes. Mean? You, well, you were talking about how you got that thing to position to get rear arcs on hunters on the other side. Oh, the oh. LHT. Yeah, I top speeded yeah. that thing. Yeah. Oh, the LHT. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So, so basically, just to sort of fill you in on exactly what happened, uh, I I did this really what I thought was a clever play. Um, so here we go. Right. So the LHT can airdrop onto impassable terrain. Right, because it hovers. Mm -hmm. So right. I did that thing, which opened up a new avenue for like I could hold this giant blob of thing that I can actually deploy on, which is really cool. Um, and then I had to do this annoying thing where I had to like walk the Jabba all the way around to the other side <laughs> of the rocks. So I was like, this is this feels so awful. But what that did let me do is um, I did get a TD off on um, the what is this a Bobcat? Right. Yeah. The Jerbo is a little bit oh. out of frame here. So, but they're in comms range. So I got to use their Jerboa stats uh, on the LHT to drop airburst missiles on this guy and, and paste him. Um, no. Yeah. So that felt pretty pretty clever. And then I just hid I just hid the tank again behind behind this rock here basically. Um, and then finally uh, there was one turn. Yeah, this turn where this is like roughly 18 inches or so. So I just like mm -hmm. dove. I drove the tank over here. Because I was I was setting up for a flags, so this mm -hmm. hover bike here uh, is going to on the next turn drop a uh, flag right next to this stone head, um, gotcha. and I wanted to kill this hunter so it couldn't undo all the work or at least cripple this hunter. Um, mm -hmm. So I just like rolled the LHT and I was like I don't care what happens to you, LHT please just cripple this hunter with all of your guns and it did it so I was like <laughs> all right great, but uh, I I 100% lost. <laughs> <laughs> that forger boa to the stupid spearhead hunter. I was like, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It's got. And I pop, I pop smoke with the with the assault squad. Oh yeah, the, the assault squad had smoke. I pop smoke with them, and I had ECM up, and the spearhead hunter was like, whatever. <laughs> I'm just gonna. Murder. Oh wow. Yeah. So even bad. with ECM and, and smoke. I I rolled real I rolled basic. real bad, but again I I lost my reroll because I spent the order to pop either smoke yeah. or whatever one it was. So I just all like right. I rolled potato and then like Adam rolled like all sixes and I was like, well, well, poo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I had to roll good some of the time. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, you rolled great on that Nemesis Jaguar. Holy crap. I dumped I dumped <laughs> three braced or stable shots in from the Voltiger off of a TD, like a like a guided TD, no less. And it was just like, yeah. eh, don't care. It's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> Yeah. It's just, what? Uh, did, you, did you even have to use the shield at him or No, I, well, I he, he didn't get an opportunity to use the shield because behind. I was always shooting him from the behind. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So like I was behind him shooting him like and then dropping the getting rear arc bonuses and everything and I was like, "Sweet, I rolled a 7." He's like, "So did I." <laughs> I was like, "God damn it." Oh, so frustrating. Yeah, no, I was rolling I was rolling like a 6 in every one of the roles for yeah, at least for at least one effect. six yeah and then when you're piloting three up that six goes to a seven pretty quick yeah um it was funny that you mentioned top speeding the voltiger because he there was one really cheeky top speed that john was able to do uh to get the voltiger out of dodge uh when i was able to start start getting up to the midfield where it doesn't want to be um and that was because he, you know, he TD'd and he did a fire mission, fired all three actions worth of its guns, and then during its own activation, has nothing else to do. So, like, <laughs> hit it, you know, hit it in high gear and get the hell out of there. I did that with the stingers a few times too, TDing off yeah. of, or FOing off of a bike, which worked out pretty well. Yeah, the we were testing a few things related to some of the stuff in these lists. 
we can talk about it off air, but uh, yeah. I can't say the Stingers performed really well. They're monstrous. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have four of them that will be on the table soon. <laughs> so, Rooster, you said you were playing a bit on TTS? Yeah. Yeah, I've got a, I've gotten in a, a decent number of games recently. Nice. We were nice. talking about ass, <clears throat> ass recently or uh, before. Asps. And, yes. Yes. Asps. Yeah. <laughs> somebody managed to run asps straight at me, and straight I was. Ass? Yeah, there was straight up ass, just a, a swarm of them, and they were they were just charging right at me, and I felt pretty good because I was I was picking them off one by one. Uh, but then ultimately what happened is one of them came up and, and threw a grenade at a medium hover tank and just killed oof, it. And oof. I was, <laughs> yeah, the, it, it the... teach, you, teach you to not underestimate those things. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, they might only have SMGs or light auto cannons if you go for the gunner, but they also have grenades and Panzerfausts. Yep. 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 And so that, that little four point model that you might ignore slowly, slowly eats yep. its way up there taking is you know, long range, SMG shots, and then suddenly, yeah, yeah grenade. That's oh yeah, awesome. and, it, and it the other thing that I I have to I have to give the uh, my opponent some credit for is I was so focused on killing asps that um, his um, his Visigoths just kind of got to run amok and do whatever they wanted because I was that's putting so much focus on these these darn asps that were just charging forward. So it was uh it, it felt good. It was a good game. A lot of fun. Let's say that is not a, a good sentence to have where I was I was focusing on these, so the Visigoths just got to do it. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh oh, that sounds well, well I was trying to give them some attention, but uh, uh yeah, they they obliterated everything that was trying to give them attention. And then what I had dedicated to the asps was too much, really, when you right. when you look at the the threat value of it all. It's like I'm dedicating this much to killing these guys. And sure, they certainly put a dent in them, but then of course one runs up and just chucks a grenade at one of the tanks and destroys it. And then meanwhile, I'm only dedicating this much to something that's probably way more of a threat. <laughs> it kind of needs all of your attention. <laughs> yep. That's something I've noticed that like even in 100 points for South doing militia, I can run like two Visigoths. Mm -hmm. Like and still have like twelve models on the table mm -hmm. because it's like just a bunch of stripped down, uh, stripped down Jaegers, asps, street vipers. There's mm -hmm. like I don't like people, people wheeling out, you know, dad's old mech so that they can uh, <laughs> fight along, you know, fight alongside the big, you know, the glorious battle tank. Yep. Mm -hmm. So, well done. <laughs> and yeah, so this uh, the TTS model we're using the the one that uses the three D assets. Yes, yes. I started picking up those assets, and um, I'm really bad about names. Um, oh, I, I want to call out their names and say who did it, but I don't want to get it wrong. But I, I do have to commend them because those models look really good. And um, yeah, like a, um, a spitting cobra. I ran something up to shoot at a spitting cobra. It totally missed. The uh, spitting cobra turned around and reaction fired and obliterated my guy. And the whole time we were using these models, and it just, yeah, it was cool. Um, it, it's it's way more immersive than uh, than not having those 3D models, of course. Right, yeah. using like the standees or whatever. Right, right. Um, and I believe it is Smite, uh, at least Smite on the Discord, who is doing all of the 3D assets for it, which is really cool. I, I like that they're also not like if you took one of these and and 3D printed it, it wouldn't look right. 
which I kind of appreciate. Like, he's not, like, 3D scanning and making perfect duplicates of things. Um, yeah. But the, what he is doing is actually kind of making things more highly highly recognizable mm-hmm. in the game. So, like, the weapons are all, you know, weapons are a bit oversized or slightly different looking to make them more readily uh, recognizable. So, he's been doing great work. Yeah, yeah, he certainly has. Well, cool. Well, before we uh, move on to our main feature, talking about the North, it is time for our Mythic Games sponsorship. Ship, ship. We need to make a tag for that. Let's take our point. Um, yeah, so every week, Ruben over at Mythic Games provides one of our lucky listeners with $10 in credit. All that you have to do for your chance to win is be here and, and enjoy the company uh, and participate. But most importantly, you have to say the magic word in chat. Rooster, why don't you give everyone a, a word that they have to enter and spell properly? Uh, oh, okay. To, to Let's do... go with uh, Cobra. Cobra, there we are. So people type in Cobra in the chat, and in a couple seconds here, John will push the magic button, and we will have a winner of the store credit. But yeah, and of course, uh, Mythic Games is mostly carries Infinity. One of these days, I'll get them to carry Heavy Year. I'm trying. Um, but... Yeah, it's a it's a it's a friendly local game store, right? Like Ruben is a local game shop down in Santa Cruz. I used to play tournaments there when I lived in the Bay Area, so we all love and appreciate what he does for the community, and most importantly, the the Skrilla that he puts into the pockets of our listeners, which they then have to give back. Um, all right, John, go all right, ahead let's and do hit it. that button. Let's see who wins. Hey, it's Defa. Congratulations. Congratulations. I will go ahead and shoot your information over to Ruben and get you hooked up. All right. Well, now it's on to the main feature. It's what we're actually here for. It's what you've all been waiting for, our main feature. I just realized that soundbite said main feature again after I said main feature, and that was more of a <laughs> We're in the matrix, matrix, matrix. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, Cool. So we're here tonight to talk about North. You know, we're going to start this new se- this new series. I guess it'll take a little while, but to go through kind of a deep dive into the different factions of Heavy Gear, talk about what makes them unique and interesting, talk a little bit about their background, and also maybe uh, approaches that you might take if you're interested in starting this army or playing this army and want to do so competitively. So some different list build analyses. Oh, and then, of course, finally, uh, what's important here, for especially for John's contribution to this whole conversation, is how to dismantle the North. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Rooster, do you think you could uh, kick us off maybe with a little bit of background? Who who are the, the Northern Confederate States? Yes, yes. States? So... Uh... The, the North are, um, they're, they're actually the faction that I started Heavy Gear with, and um, I'm, I'm kind of typical in that way. I went with North, then South, and then kind of branched out from there. But yeah, I've got a, I've got a lot of love for the North. Uh, they definitely have a very rich and in-depth history. You can certainly pick up the older books and read all about it. Uh, they started as warring factions. They sort of started to get along and create their own little entities and become a league and everything. You've got the WFP, the UMF, and the NLC. And not to give you a bunch of acronym soup, but basically the WFP, they're like pioneers. Um, They can do a lot with little. The UMF is an industrial powerhouse, and the NLC, they're... uh, I don't want to call them a religious faction, but they certainly have a lot of religion in their faction. And um, 
it, it's interesting if you look at it because the from the outside looking in, before you get to too much lore, you start to think, oh, the North just gets along because then they all combine and make what you call the Northern Guard, which is there to protect the whole North. But the reality is they don't necessarily get along. Like the uh, WFP was um, performing a strike on one of the Southern factions. I want to say it was, I can't think of the name. But anyways, so they were, they were going to go through some terrain that I think Mekong owned. And they made a deal with Mekong, and they said, hey, we're not here to fight you, Mekong. We want to go through a territory that is kind of your territory so we can attack this other area. And Mekong said, sure, sure, you can do it. But the UMF, another northern faction, made a back deal with the Mekong, and they were like, hey, could you attack them and screw them up for us? Because we just don't like them. Um, so, And <laughs> they did. <laughs> so the Mekong ambushed the WFP. And of course, it was all due to actions that the UMF took. So it's like there's all kinds of like inner relationship problems that the North has, as well as all their holiness and their pioneers and their economic powerhouse. Uh, so it's it's got a lot of depth into it. Um, in fact, we were we were talking about it earlier, and it was like, what defines the North and what defines the South, and what are the contrasting points? What's different? You know, I've, we've We've certainly heard those points about, yeah, the, the North is very specialized and the South is very versatile. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what we, we were talking about earlier, Adam, it, it, was, it, was very, it was very precise in a way. The North is a bunch of parachuting cowboys. <laughs> Yeehaw! <laughs> uh, but that's that, true, right? Like, they're, they're not, they're, they're uh, yeah, they're definitely the parachuting cowboys. I mean, the Operation Drop Bears book kind of right. says it all. But they... To me, they're they're kind of um, very different groups culturally. Mm-hmm. They are right, and and they they work together only because uh, it's convenient to be friends with the people who are next to you while you're busy hating on the people on the other side of the planet, right? But like I, I think you know, in a lot of the older books, it was like straight up, like oh, you play Northern Lights, you're not allowed to buy this equipment because the people who make that don't like you, you know. <laughs> um, they, they had a lot of kind of weird restrictions in their list building that you could only really get around if you played Northern Guard because they're like, okay, everybody, we got to work together. Um, but if you were playing, if you were playing like one of the, you know, one of the by itself factions, they were like too busy hating on the other Northern factions to like, yeah, I don't care if you lose against those guys, you're not buying my gears. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but that again is also kind of this, uh, maybe a, a more negative spin on the Western spirit, so to say, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's what's what's mine is mine. <laughs> you, can, you can eat sand. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess the uh, parachute and cowboys is really focused on WFP because, of course, the NLC, you've got the warrior monks and the yeah. UMO, UMF has, a, um, I don't want to say elitist attitude, but they definitely have that kind of sense of elitism and you know buying the most expensive stuff and focusing on uh like oh, yeah, how they train their elite stuff they're they're definitely a solve it with money yeah um, yeah definitely nlc equals pano i'd actually say like north in general is like the infinity pano shano equivalent um, yeah i agree but yeah the the nlc definitely embodies the capitalistic um solve, solve the problems of money are you a yeah. Uh, with a little bit of religion, I guess. Yeah, and I guess actually this makes sense, though, right? Because like, so if UMF is like the 
the Neo-Terran uh, Infinity equivalent, then you've got like the military orders being the NLC, the religious folks. Like, mm-hmm. I think that, that, that works. I'll give you that, that analogy. Um, so, yeah, it's a, a, you know, a group of, is it four states? Well, it's it's really three, but then they make okay. the Northern Guard. They all combine to make. Oh, right. So there's four sub-factions, in a sense, when you look at the rules. But it's made by three leagues, primarily. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I kind of like about them, in a sense, is there's... I don't want to say fanaticism, but I do want to say fanaticism. It's kind of <laughs> like the NLC has religious fervor. The WFP, there's a fanaticism to them, in a sense, where it's yeah. not religious per se it's about family and location and home and if you if you threaten that they take that not so lightly yeah that makes sense that's a yeah they're they have kind of extreme personalities right they they really value like an honor system uh they have honor duels and things like that well very cool yeah hopefully that helps give people a little bit of a of an idea um it's about as it's maybe a little bit more of an idea than I had. I remember reading their books ages ago, and then not so much anymore. But well, so let's talk about how yeah, there's a there's a ton of books if you want to get into more. They're available on Drive Through RPG. There's a Northern Guard book full of lots and lots of things. Uh, there's, oh my goodness, you can find out what they eat for lunch. You can. Mm-hmm. You can. I mean, yeah, they had league books dedicated to all three of the states, right? Yep, and there's yep. the UMF, right? There's the NLC as well, plenty, plenty of things, and then uh, the, there's a full car one. Where, mm-hmm. uh, oh, this is my favorite one of all of them. Yeah. Operation Drop. It is I a have, good one. I have that patch. Nice. Like, it's a good patch. It's, it's such a good one. The drop bears. All right, so uh, rules wise, at a glance, they are definitely a gear focused faction. Yeah, you know, this is this is heavy gear. Obviously, the the big stompy fighting mechas are kind of the the centerpiece of it. But when I say that they're a gear focused faction, it really means that they solve their problems through the. Retro, we lost your audio there for a second. Oops, there. Yep, you're uh, back now. They're a gear focused faction. Silence. Yeah. Oh, there we go. That's, they so, solve their problems with. Yeah, with with gears. Um, they. Uh, they they do have you know, they do have tanks, but they don't have a lot of tanks. They don't have a large variety of tanks. They certainly don't have the variety of tanks that the South has, or new, certainly not that Nucol or CEF has. Um, but they, yeah, you're 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 going to have a lot of stompy robots if you if you play North. The other thing is that they have all of the big guns, and this was something that I didn't quite realize how extreme it was until I tried to make until I started making some Southern lists. To be like, yeah, like I know what Utopia. Utopia is a totally different thing. So like, it didn't, it didn't feel analogous. Or when I go play Black Talons, everything has the biggest gun there is. So when I started making a more standard army, uh, I was quickly like, where, where's my guns? Like, how am I supposed to kill anything with, you know, with this? These are just like auto cannons and rocket launchers and stuff. Like, we're, um, and so I started quantifying this. It was kind of interesting. I discovered that North has. The cheapest, heaviest, or cheapest heavy rotary cannon in, in the game, mm-hmm. at ten whole points. The cheapest light field gun outside of the light field gun, right yeah. outside of the the, the, the crew served weapon. The light, the yeah, cheapest exactly. LFG on a gear. Yeah, exactly, uh, and that's on the the um the we just talked about it, the dogfire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They have the 
second cheapest non-limited ammo light anti-tank missile. And that's only because the cheapest one is on an Enkido drone out of Utopia, right? So it's on the disposable platform. Um, And they have the cheapest medium bazooka and the cheapest heaviest bazooka and the cheapest cheapest stub cannons outside of like there's one five-point engineering gear that you're not going to go deliver stub cannons with. Um, They have the most options for stub cannons. Oh, and the cheapest heavy auto cannon. Um, They have the most options for snub cannons and the most options for anti-tank missiles. So... And I think most options for bazookas. So it's it's worth pointing out here. We've been for all of our Infinity listeners and viewers out there. Um, they are the pano of heavy gear, not because they have the best gunnery skill. Not to say that it's like abnormally high or abnormally low. It's average across all the factions. But heavy gear, the damage output is not really defined by gunnery. It's more defined by the the damage of the weapon. Right, and all the things that we just discussed have uh, above average damage values associated with the weapon profile. So uh, it's less. If you do the math, it's less about you know who has the best gunnery, about who has who is the biggest gun. So in terms of effectiveness and efficiency at putting out damage, um, Pano is probably the best faction at doing that in Infinity because they have the highest BS, and that's how you stick the damage right. Uh, and, yeah. and uh, in heavy gear, how you stick the damage is having a giant freaking gun and lots of them. Mm-hmm. And North has very easy access to guns. So it, it, yeah, it's, I mean, it's more likely for you to do damage because when they hit you, you get hit by a truck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, you know, to put that into, into context, the dogfire is eight points, which is the cheapest gear-mounted light field gun. The second cheapest gear-mounted light, light field gun is the Dingo, also in North. It is a mad dog that gets to airdrop. Um, and then, and then the third cheapest field gun is when you finally get out of a faction at 12 points. So if you want to, if you want a field gun outside of North on a gear, you're paying 50% more points than on a dog fire. That's a, that's, that's a big thing. So mm-hmm. what, what they do is they bring lots of guns that shoot you in the face hard. And then, uh, yeah, so Tanaka's asking what's the downside of them. Well, let me tell you what they don't have. <laughs> and this list is is almost as long. Um, they have very few artillery rockets. They have very few artillery guns. Uh, they do have the only, I think they have the only heavy artillery gun in the game, but that's their only artillery gun also. Um, they have very few uh, guided and field mortars in comparison to, like, say, South. Um, they have some of all these things, just not not a lot. So they're really a army that, that is wanting to shoot the thing that is directly in front of them. Um, they have almost no advanced weaponry. I think one or two models can get some rotary or um, rotary or uh, particle accelerators. They have very little stealth. I think it's just the one, the or the two units, the black cat and the is a panther. I'm brain farting on the yes panther. panther. Yep. Um, they don't have any special infantry, right? North has lots of, or South has lots of cool special infantry. Obviously, PRDF has all the Grell and all their special infantry. So they have. CEF, you mean? Oh, sorry. New Cole. Yeah. 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 Peace River doesn't have special infantry either. But so they're on the low side of cool infantry options. Um, 
they have very few tanks and fighting vehicles. I mean, it, which isn't to say that they have no infantry. They have access to the universal well, infantry list. So if you want to do infantry, they exist. Use, yeah, and I you should use universal infantry, our lists. I think most of our lists, if not all of them, feature it tonight. Um, yeah, they, but they just don't have any special. They don't have any cool infantry that's unique to them. Um, they are on the very light side of the number of striders they have. They have three, the Thunderhammer, the Mammoth, and the Scimitar. Um, I mean, granted, the Thunderhammer and Scimitar, or Mammoth are also bonkers awesome, but they just don't have a lot of variety when it comes to those. So they, they can put a tank on the table, just lower variety. They can put infantry on the table, lower variety. They can put striders on the table, lower variety. So, yeah, really what they have access to are lots of direct hard-hitting guns. What they lack are indirect guns uh, by comparison. So yeah, still waiting for the Damocles, which is like a mammoth with a big heavy or the heavy artillery gun and fingers. Uh, I I would also like a Damocles, please. Rooster, get on it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they're they're definitely the uh, infinity pano of of heavy gear. It is they're they're the shooting army. They want the enemy to be out in the open and they want to blow them to smithereens. So let's talk a little bit about some of their generic or about their special rules. Like what makes, how does this manifest itself on the table? Um, one neat little rule that they just added, um, maybe Rooster, you could even tell us why. I, I saw it somewhere else, but it's task built. So any of the Northern gear models, whether you're using them in a Northern army or as allies, can swap their rocket pack for an HMG. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you go back in the uh, older Northern books, you'll find this. And uh, it's it's one of those things that didn't transfer forward with the newer editions of uh, the rules. And, and it does kind of make you ask the question, why didn't it transfer forward? Because yeah. um, it's a rather nice thing to be able to replace your rocket pack with machine gun. It gives you it enables you to uh, take a hunter, replace it with a uh, replace his rocket pack with a machine gun. Now you've just got something different. It's a different tool. You can use it against infantry. You can yeah. also use it against other stuff. Uh, I took out a, a, a frame recently with a machine gun, yep. like a medium machine gun at that. Sure. I mean, they, they're, uh, and of course, yeah, it, that it depends on how you're going to use it. Obviously, if you're going to use the uh, machine gun, you want to really focus on maneuvering position. It's kind of the same thing with the rocket pack. Obviously, the rocket pack has the armor piercing, um, and of course, you can shoot it indirectly. So it's just a different tool. It allows you to switch out the tools that you have. Uh, yeah, it, it's not one of those things where it's like, oh my god, this is like the weapon to do. But it's definitely a feature that enables you to customize your force to exactly what you want it to do on the table. Or it's one of those features that add to that adds to that ability. There's actually three models that I always take this on in North. Um, it's Rabbit Hunters. It's basically, hmm. so it's going to be anything that has both a light grenade launcher and a light rocket pack. And it's because there's there's a lot of overlap and capabilities there. Like, yeah. obviously, the rocket pack has a little bit better range. Uh, hmm. But at a lot of the mid-range fighting, the there, there's too much overlap, or I feel like there's a lot of overlap. And now, especially with the extra burst being added to the grenade launcher, um, it's less incentive to use a straight LRP. So now I take like a rabid hunter with a light grenade launcher and a light machine gun, and suddenly it can engage a variety of targets. Um, the one I really like this one is the Leopard Grenadier, because the Leopard Grenadier has a medium autocannon, mm -hmm. a light grenade launcher, and in this case, swap the rocket pack for a uh, HMG. Mm -hmm. So now I've got a burst AE weapon, right? I've got a burst... Mm -hmm. Uh, direct fire weapon with the medium auto cannon 
And then I have a high burst anti-infantry weapon. Oh, and it has a medium hand grenade. So mm-hmm. it's really good at basically all my range bands. Because even out to you know the maximum range of a um, uh, medium auto cannon, I'm still rolling two dice after losing the uh, the range bonus, but I have burst to make up for it. So that's a really versatile profile. And then also the uh, the rapid wildcat, same thing. Uh, light grenade launcher. Swap the LRP for an HMG, and it's got field armor. So it's going to run up there, you know, 16 inches a turn, get an HMG range, start killing infantry. Mm-hmm. So it's a pretty, it's a pretty cool upgrade, and I like it. Just makes them a little bit different, right? And it also lets mm-hmm. you, like we were talking about, it lets you uh, purpose built or, or task built. It lets you modify your gear a little bit to maybe pick up the slack in, in something you might need, like killing hover bikes. <laughs> Everything's fine. <laughs> um, so some of their some of their more distinctive units that I, I wanted to call out. Uh, number one is the number one unit of all of North, the ferret. <laughs> you just you're, like the butt wheel. I love the butt wheel. It's all I about the butt wheel. Butt wheel. Um, the stock ferret is fantastic. It's seven points with you know ECM and sensors and a TD, right? It's got EW four up. It's not you know it doesn't have crazy EW, but for seven points it's super obnoxious. For six points, even more obnoxious is the um, uh, the wild ferret, which loses the rocket pack to get even better electronic warfare equipment. Um, I love ferrets. Just look at that model. How could you not want? I need that. I need a twenty eight millimeter ferret. Is what I need. I want to have it on my tables when I play Infinity. Right. There you go. And it wouldn't be that big. It'd be like the size of a tag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So ferrets are rad. Also, again, on this recon electronic warfare front, the weasel. The weasel is just, again, it, it's, it does everything you need it to do out of the package. It's only nine points. It has an EW of three up. It It's going to be goes down, but what, don't shoot with it. Like fry things with your electronics. Um, but it, it's a veteran. Mm-hmm. With uh, sat up ECM plus ECCM and 36 inch sensors, so it's a it's a good budget com- combat group leader for giving out orders, or it can just be a very obnoxious ECM plus platform while simultaneously uh, haywiring things. And there's another mm-hmm. version. Is it? I think it's two more points. The the tattletail that gets mm-hmm. another skill point. Right. So you can have a weasel tattletail combat group leader. For eleven points, issuing three orders a turn. Yep, it's not bad. Um, one of the rules that North gets a lot that ties into the next unit, the Lion, uh, is prospectors. Where you can have two models, the climb trait per army, join any other um, sub or any other uh, combat group. So the Lion has climb. It has, which makes it a perfect, you know, perfect model for this high armor with armor seven. Ridiculously high hull and structure at five one. Yeah, <laughs> that really annoyed John the first time that uh, mm-hmm. it happened. Um, the heavy auto cannon is fine for an extra point. I would, I pretty much always would upgrade it to the line initiate, which swaps the heavy auto cannon for heavy rotary cannon. Yeah, that worth goes it. Up to a, yeah, worth it. I mean, if you don't have the extra point, fine. Whatever. I mean, like a heavy auto cannon gets work done. No, but find extra, find find the point. <laughs> <laughs> As I say, yeah, the, the it's the extra burst does work. Yeah, these are one of the sources of artillery rockets in the army. I've honestly never fired the artillery rocket on it because I'm busy. <laughs> because I'm 
it's got climbing, right? So I'm I'm gonna like I will find a way to leverage this heavy rotary cannon against you. Um, something else I haven't done yet with it that I really want to. It has a linked medium spike gun, so <laughs> those are those like climbing hooks on its shoulder that in close combat it just gets close and just fires both of them into the enemy. Mm-hmm. With raw one, it means it's rolling four dice. Mm-hmm. Close combat could do. Could oh yes. Yeah. Um. And then a little bit bigger than the lion is the uh, the rabbit grizzly. So this was the model I took two of in our last game. The field armor just it takes a grizzly, makes it that much tougher. Um, it's really though that react plus with medium grenade launcher. Now that medium grenade launchers have burst, so I can throw all of my action, you know, my action, my reaction into firing a potentially burst five grenade launcher at something with uh, let them have it up. So that's a that's a four burst or it would be a three burst indirect because you can't focus that. Um, that's still three burst on your primary target, two on the secondary target. Mm-hmm. Gross. It also has a field mortar. So while you are moving up the table, like it's only you know you're only rolling one dice, but with an AE four, if you're hitting three models, one of those dice might get through at damage nine. It just needs to kind of get through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if they're not agile and you roll a six, like they're their butt is puckering. <laughs> so I like I like the rabbit grizzly. Plus, it just looks cool. It's a big mech with a oh, yeah. giant grenade launcher. <laughs> what is not to love? And then the the last unit I really wanted to call out, I, I mentioned earlier, is the mammoth. I love the mammoth. The mammoth oh, yeah. does everything. It does everything. It, it's pretty it cool. murders. It murders so much stuff. <laughs> So as as a defense, when you think about it as a defensive tool, right? The mammoth has two auto um, machine guns, an auto rotary cannon. So it's already getting three reactions for free. Mm-hmm. On top of two actions with React Plus, so it can theoretically react with five different weapons. And because it has two arm weapons, it can literally react with all five different weapons. Um. The stock one has the the medium anti-tank missile and the uh, precise heavy snub cannon. The one that I'm looking at a lot lately uh, is the Brawler that has precise heavy grenade launchers. (laughs) So (laughs) getting getting a plus one of that Mm. piece roll. Don't like it. There's another variant where each arm has a a combo weapon of um, a heavy rotor, or is it yeah, it's a heavy rotary cannon and a heavy um, frag cannon in each arm. Like medium, medium rotary cannon, but oh, cannon. same, same. Uh, but yeah, yeah, every every time I use these things, I just for, it feels like a battleship to me. Like it's not necessarily the fastest thing on the table by far, but it's just got so many guns, and it can use a lot of them all all at once. It's great. I did just double check. It is a heavy rotary cannon. I think. Oh my bad. Yeah, I remember when we talked about this because it was medium for a minute. And I got the model, yep. and I noticed that the, it has the same size gun as the heavy rotary cannon. It's just all in that big case, and you know that big casing, so it went right, back right. heavy. So, oh yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah, it's again. You walk around the corner, and that thing auto fires a medium rotary cannon. There's the the top gun that got changed to medium. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it fires the medium rotary cannon, two HMGs, and the two heavy rotary cannons into you, and there's nothing left. <laughs> 
I don't know, Rooster. What are your what are your some of your favorites? Because I know your lists always look totally different than mine. Oh, um, well, I I definitely like to get a mix of things happening. Um, like um, yeah, the mammoth. I've I've used that a lot, really. Um, there there's something about it that even though like you can have trouble getting things into the perfect range bands sometimes because it's not the fastest thing. It's still I've had a lot of people. Uh, just unload on the mammoth and it doesn't go down so easily so it'll it can be very big and scary uh, just its presence right in the middle just marching forward and and just mm -hmm. unleashing on stuff that will affect the game like people will respond to that in interesting ways so yeah the the mammoth's one of my favorites um i like going to the kodiaks Kodiaks, I've had a lot of oh, yeah. uh, good times with Kodiaks. Um, they're very standard in a sense because they come with the with the uh, Kickstarter. Uh, yeah. But it, it's it's important to note that the Kodiak is one of the Norse best gears in one of my in my opinion at least. Um, maybe this lot. is a little. It pays. Yeah, for it does it. a lot. Oh yeah, it does. It does pay for it. Uh, but yeah, it's uh it's one of those those models that I think every time I've had it on the table, it's performed very well and it's felt right and. Um, so yeah, I like those. I like special forces. Uh, I like infantry. I like ferrets too. Yeah, uh, actually, I do like to go kind of yeah. to the more obscure stuff. Like every now and then, I, I want to grab a lynx just because. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I love lynx. I would say while we had the the Kodiak up, um, something to talk about. Like I feel like the the light anti tank missile gets kind of ignored underneath mm -hmm. all of its other weapons, but a precise what? light anti tank missile mathematically is better than a medium anti-tank missile oh yeah um and and people people kind of miss that distinction because it's you know it's lower damage right mm -hmm. but um the precise means you're adding one to your margin of success so it mm -hmm. increases your chance of hitting at all and then if you do hit you know if you hit on margin of success like hit on a three that counts as a four instead mm -hmm. so effectively raising the damage still by one it's, it has different ap than a heavy or than a medium but mm -hmm. against anything that yeah. is less than armor eight, um, doesn't matter. Yeah. And there's there's also something sneaky happening with uh, that precise anti tank missile too. Uh, yeah, it's it has increased chance to hit. It it's in a sense it's a counter to things like agile. So like if you've yeah. got to die, I've got to die, and we both roll fours. Normally, your agile would you know, get you out of the hit, so to say. Uh, but yeah, yeah, because it has precise, it takes it up. So it's almost like not only does it do all these other things, but it's actually a good weapon to use against just about anything. I mean, and and that's kind of, you know, the, the story of the North. It's like, shoot them in the face. That's the answer all the time. Yeah. Do you uh, do you prefer the, the particle accelerator or the heavy rotary cannon? I go back and forth. I think I tend to prefer rotary cannons just because, but I do appreciate that particle accelerator too. Yeah, now that particle accelerators have that extended range. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Big difference. It's yeah. a little iffy. I think I just prefer the rotary cannon just for more aesthetic reasons, honestly. Like it just looks really cool. Yeah. Uh, the particle accelerator looks good too. Uh, just something about the rotary cannon I like more. Yeah, and and the heavy bazooka exists. It's not my favorite profile, mostly because I don't like getting my getting my Kodiak in delivery range of that. Always <laughs> seems to be a challenge. John is just like, yeah, there's a heavy bazooka lumbering at me five inches a turn. <laughs> All right, I, I just won't get near it. That right. seems fine. 
Yeah, let's let's not eat that. Yeah, let's and if you like heavy bazooka a bike, I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like good work. Now that being said, uh one way to think of the bazooka, two ways. I've I've yeah. seen people take the bazooka and love it, enjoy it, and they do exactly what it's supposed to do. They mm -hmm. they shoot things in the face with it. Yep. Uh another way to look at it too is the heavy bazooka is the cheapest version of it. So that's one sure. way to get that anti tank missile with precise oh, sure. at yeah, one fair. less DV. Yep. Yeah, if you need to, if you need to downgrade to heavy bazooka, I think you're in a pretty okay <laughs> spot. And I mean, like, it's also a great backline defense thing. So if, if right. for example, like uh, in the game that we played, right, with uh, with my LHT, yeah. like in your backfield, if there was a grizzly back there with a heavy bazooka, I might think differently about driving a tank up so aggressively. Mm. Right, right. Or a, uh, I mean, even a dingo, um, a ten point heavy bazooka. Sure. Like yeah, no heavy bazookas are rad, and yeah, you know if you the the Kodiak is a stay away, uh, yeah, is what it is. It just screams like get back. There there is mm -hmm. a a damage nine gun that will make you very sad if you get within a foot of me mm -hmm. for seventeen inches because I'll walk to that five towards you. Um, <laughs> yeah, then with its extra action, it can even fire its anti tank missile, and you still have to deal with like okay, there's still a bazooka in this zone telling me not to go there. Yeah. Yeah, it, I think uh, a lot of our, you know, a lot of our favorites are going to revolve around like this thing hits face good, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, North subdiffusion strategy right there in a nutshell. So, um, all right, let's take it a little bit to these to their sublists, shall we? So there are four sublists we talked about, three of them representing the different uh, northern states and then the northern guard that ties it all together. Um, I'm actually going to change the order of things and talk about Northern Guard last um, because it uses the other sublist bonuses. So first up, the the Western Frontier Protectorate, uh, i.e. the you know, the the Cowboys or the what did you say? The, the gunslinging parachutist Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, the the parachuting Cowboys. <laughs> parachuting Cowboys. Um, they're they have a lot of veterans. In their current incarnation of the rules, they get veteran leaders. Um, they get one extra veteran or uh, veteran gear or strider per combat group. That doesn't count towards the veteran limitations. They get to buy a dragoon squad, which is a veteran squad. That doesn't count towards the limitations. Um, and then they get old trusty, which is they've polished up their old gears, the hunters, ferrets, weasels, wildcats, and bobcats, to just make them a little bit better at shooting. And then they get prospectors, which is common. So this is a list where if you want to maximize veteran skills, is a good thing to look at. So some things come to the vet innately, like that Kodiak. But other things, um, you know, you want to get your heavy your uh, lion with you know splitting its uh, fire more effectively, right, with trick shot. Then in this army, you can have one extra veteran per squad. So every squad that you throw that lion into, or squad combat group. Um, you throw that line into, make that line a veteran. You can go by that split, that split uh, trick shot skill. So there's a lot of tricks you can do there. There's a lot of upgrades. You ultimately end up having to pay for all of them, right? So every time you're taking a veteran, that's an extra two points. If it's not a, um, if it's not already a veteran, then you have to buy the skill on top of it. But to me, the the big reason to play WFP is actually the Dragoon Squad. So it's an extra veteran squad, but the other bonus they get is that they can have a cheetah in there. 
and a cheetah and a strike squad, especially in North, yeah, is a really big deal. So against John, this is kind of like one of the number one ways that I inflict damage. Typically, <laughs> is I take like uh, my my combat the combat group is this. It's going to be two crossbow grizzlies. Both of those have medium anti tank missiles. It's going to be a combat group leader, which is the Jaguar Arrow Jaguar Thunder Secom. So it's a light anti tank missile and really good at you know at being a combat group leader with the ECM or ECCM and setup. Mm-hmm. And then like a white cat, um, almost always a white cat. White cat is a cheetah with ECM plus, so it's giving those models plus one. Uh, dice for defense, and it has like 30, I think it's 36 inch range sensor and a target designator. It might be 24 inch range sensor. It doesn't matter. It's fast enough that it doesn't make much of a difference. And the order of operations is I activate the combat group, I target designate the thing I want to die. There's the white cat. Yeah, 36 inch range sensor, ECM plus, ECCM, and TD. So the ECCM with the target designator means it's rolling three dice. Um, to to try to get off the target designation. So it runs up, it TDs the thing. Then I have my combat group leader issue the let them have it order. So all of my models are now stable. Then all of then all of the anti-take missiles fire. Right? Anything that's been TD'd in that case, you're rolling two dice base plus two for target or plus one for FO plus one for target designation mm-hmm. and then plus one for let them have it. And so I'm rolling two medium anti-tank missiles and one light anti-tank missile on five D six. And that's how you, de- that's how you delete things with WFB. Yep. It's gross. I hate it. <laughs> it, it does so much damage. And the, the reason why it's important though, is that you can't normally let them have it. A group that is doing a fire mission, unless that group is active, that is active right. during that fire mission. I mean, you can you so, can brace in response to a fire mission, but let them have it is just better because it allows you to move afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. And then after all of those models have fired, the grizzlies still have another order because that uses their react plus another action. Another action. Sorry, they have another action to fire their heavy outer cannons. Their heavy auto cans will be rolling four d you know four dice for the attack because of the burst and the let them have it. More more so, more likely three because you'll be probably out of range, but still yeah still excellent. Yeah, four dice base three at bad range. Like if anything is left peeking its head up, um, it, it's not going to last much longer. So that's like a really pretty brutal uh, thing to do with the WFP. And then again, like I said, you take your veteran leaders or your individual veterans, give them upgrades. I've considered doing, um, uh, like giving precise to their medium anti-tank missiles. It's a lot of points, but if I'm rolling 5d6 and precise mm-hmm. with a high AP weapon, it's gonna be gross. <laughs> so yeah, I've, I've, put a, I've thought quite a bit about the, uh, the Western frontier. Um, UMF is a little bit different. By that, I mean totally different. Their whole their stick is electronic warfare, or their stick is money. That's really their thing. So <laughs> <laughs> they get to put uh, tigers and weasels in any combat group they want, and tigers all of their uh, all of their uh, variants 
you can have unlimited numbers of. So they all are unrestricted uh, UA basically. Um, tigers are rad. It's so it's a it's like a half stop between a uh, between a hunter and a jaguar. Right, so it's got Jaguar. It's basically a non-agile Jaguar. There we go, right? Mm -hmm. So it's yeah. gunnery three up, piloting three up, armor seven, hull structure four two. So it's non-agile, but it has the extra, it has the hunter hull and structure on it. It has a medium auto cannon and a medium rocket pack. So it's really a hunter plus one, plus one gunnery, plus one piloting, plus one armor, plus one to its medium auto cannon or to its auto cannon, plus one to its rocket pack mm -hmm. for nine points. They're, they're I really enjoyed Hunter or uh, Tigers every time I've used them. And then, of course, we talked about uh, Weasels earlier. Mm -hmm. They're super good electronic warfare platforms. So the two of those means that any of your combat groups is going to have a tough armor seven, medium auto cannon totem jerk, um, or it's going to have a really damn good CGL. Yeah, it's just it's just like a consistent upgrade across the board, right? You get access to all this stuff. It's not like earth shatteringly amazing. It's just yeah. more consistent, hits harder, more defensive, better better yeah. stats. E EW is more, or Electronic Warfare is more better. Um, well, not on this particular profile, but yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but the, I meant on the uh, the Weasel. Mm -hmm. So there are other bonuses that one model per combat group can buy the EW uh, specialist veteran trait without being a veteran. So that means that your Weasel can roll an extra dice, sure. Roll 4d6 when you're giving out orders. Again, making them amazing combat group leaders. Uh, rolling extra dice for doing their electronic warfare attacks. Mm -hmm. Pretty gross. They get expert prospectors, which means that they can have three models per army instead of two. Which, that's kind of cool. You know, there are some cool models in North with the climb ability. Um, for me, that sounds like a third lion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, well... That is, that is what you would say. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I'd have to double check the wording on this now that I'm thinking, because I had, you know, I hadn't thought of until right now and I'm going to double check the word. And if this is not correct, then we will change it. But if it's mo is it models or gears with climb. Uh, it should be. Oh, gears. it's gears. Okay. I was going to say, yeah. you can't, you can't throw a scimitar into any group. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Three scimitars added to any combat group. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah, right. Neatly neatly sneak around the the, the fire support restriction there. Yeah. Nope. This is it's oh. it's a, it's like a, a Steiner Steiner scout squad, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um I will I will settle with my I mean leopards are really good to throw around. Um yeah, medium auto cannon like grenade launcher, heavy machine gun leopard. Mm -hmm. Normally, it's only strike and fire support, right? So mm -hmm. that's not a bad thing to. And it's uh, airdrop, so that's not a bad thing to throw into like recons, um, and then of course lions. Love lions. Lions are oh, annoying. Yeah, and then their last thing is that they can purchase um, more standard upgrades. I think twice as many models can buy standard upgrades. Yeah, and that's 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 fine. I haven't used it very much. Um, I'm sure maybe somebody smarter than me can come up with some cool shtick to use for that. Maybe a lot of drones. That's not oh, a bad sure. thought. Yeah. Drones are. We haven't really made a whole lot of use of drones in our in our games. We should endeavor to do that. Unfortunately, most of my factions that I started playing with can't take them. Right. Oh, well, so it's I, all yeah. on. 
Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I can take them in Nucle, but I was playing a lot of CEF for our first couple of games, and I was like, well, I, I can't. So it is all I do <laughs> whenever I'm playing CEF anyway. <laughs> I mean, I want to get that uh, that recon, um, the recon hunt eventually, which comes with three, so that'll force me to do it. But yeah, there you go. Wrong army. Yep. So, yeah, I, you know, maybe demo drones would be kind of silly to do that with. Mm-hmm. All right, so then there... The, the third state is the Northern Lights Confederacy. And this one I have the least experience with, but the, they're, the rule that they're probably the least known for is my the one that's most exciting to me, which is they can throw cheetahs in any role. They make cheetahs. So I don't have to have a Dragoon squad. I could have all of my squads are Dragoon squads now. Yay. Um, and yeah, so they can throw cheetahs in any role. That's super cool. Cheetahs are amazing. Um, the thing that they're really known for though are the monks. Mm-hmm. So one model in the army gets to be a chaplain, which is kind of cool. It's a, uh, it's basically a veteran. It's a model with a skill point. If they already have a skill point, they get plus one skill point. Um, and they can use it on themselves or give it to a model within six inches. So they could give it to your combat group leader, let your combat group leader issue another order. They could give it to a model nearby instead of having to roll for, instead of having to roll for a try it again, they can just give it to the model. Um, so it's kind of a, a, a cute little upgrade. They have warrior monks, which any commander or veteran can purchase a monk staff, which is a medium vibra bleed with a two inch reach and gives them plus one to their brawl. So suddenly they can turn into really mean face punching. It's kind of the equivalent of the, uh, the Mekong katanas in South. Um, Except instead of having a, a precise light vibro blade, it is a two-inch reach medium vibro blade. Good, good for hitting. Um, it does have to go on veterans and commanders. So for me, I look at things that are already veteran to see what I want to throw it on, just so I don't have to pay the points. Um, but I'm sure there's somebody out there. I mean, like Frank runs his. Uh, John, you played against it, right? When Frank runs his Mekong. Like MP squad that he's upgraded to all veterans and gives them all mm-hmm. katana. Like a, it's a brawl. It's basically a bunch of iguana MPs with brawl a million just like streaking across <laughs> the table with ECM plus and smoke. And you're just like, I can't kill them. They're just driving straight at me. And oh God, they're here. They're here. Go away. Stop. <laughs> right? Like I've, I've been thinking about doing something like that with um, with the, the, the cheetah, the cheetah MPs. Is there a similar thing except they're. I think they're names faster than iguanas. Um, and yeah, I can, I can pull that same thing, throw a weasel in there or throw Ugh, a regular. Gross. There for some, and I can't, I can't even cheat and use, use melee against you. Cause you're good at that. <laughs> yeah. And they have a, uh, they have that two inch reach. Yep. Gross. So it's something I've been toying with. Um, I, I may or may not have a bunch of staves in my shopping cart. <laughs> For the next time I order from <laughs> from Repod Nine, <laughs> it just seems fun to do. And then, of course, they still get the uh, the prospectors. Sure. Oh, this was something funny I figured out. You can get <laughs> this is this is a a very special Southern special Nemesis Jaguar. So Nemesis Jaguar comes with Brawl Two mm-hmm. base. Mm-hmm. You give it a staff. You're at Brawl Three. And then you can theoretically buy the veteran trait Brawler to get Brawl 5, mm-hmm. which means that you'd be rolling seven dice on piloting three up with a medium vibroblade. 
Yeah. Probably still need that AP against something with AR-11, though. <laughs> right. I mean, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> maybe if, after that many dice. Yeah, right. Because um, what, a medium Viper Blade is not, it's not weak. It's damage, damage 8, AP3. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, you so, probably, it's about, it's going to be about the same damage as the AP3, is my guess. Mm-hmm. If I, if I get your tank in the rear. <laughs> you get the tank in the rear, you're rolling, what, what was it? 11? Nine dice. Uh, sorry, nine dice. Right, so you're still probably rolling like let let's say you roll like a you let's say you roll MOS six, right? Oh, I mean what? Yeah, yeah, that's not bad. That's still the same though, right? Oh, it's true. That's up to fourteen. I mean, man, if that tank rolls a one, it's shitting bricks though. Very true. (laughs) I mean, I, I have seen tanks go down with damage eight weapons without the AP. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It happens. It does. Uh, usually in two shots, but it does happen. Yeah. This is, that's one of those duelists that you, like, you land once, and <laughs> and then your opponent never lets you get it into combat again. <laughs> well, I mean, so here's the thing. I mean, I, I think this is a reasonable build. What is, I think, a more consistent damage output would be to upgrade it with another action by bringing it up to duelist right oh, because if you do that sure. and you retain like because it's already got a brawl a million right so it's like brawl three mm-hmm. is effectively a million yeah. right in this in this case mm-hmm. getting it to brawl five is irrelevant um so yeah. really you're just looking at you're going to beat the tank by probably mos3 anyway so you're making use of the ap so why not just hit it again right and get the ap3 twice and you'll probably do mm-hmm more damage than a single strike at brawl five doing it that way and it's probably the same points right because that brings you to takes you to vet and then i think an extra action is like three points or something like that so it's like maybe one one point point more yeah so it's one point more right and i think i think it's just more 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 uh more reliable and if you're hitting something smaller you get to like smush like you know i don't know two gerboas or something it, right and better on the advance because you can fire the medium auto cannon. Right and the medium yeah. Attack. So I, I think I think while brawl five is hilarious, I think brawl three plus a second action is a better use of points. Fine, but then I'm not brawl five, which is yes, I know. I'm here to ruin your fun. That's why I'm on the show. I can only do that because of the warrior monk thing. Yes, but, I. Am. But so and also that two inch reach is yeah, that's not a big insignificant. Deal. That's a big deal. Um. So yeah, it's a it's just something fun. As I was as I was doing this, I'm like, wait a minute, how much brawl can I get on something? <laughs> and the answer is like a million. You could do something similar also with like a command mammoth. Yeah. But there's just something really derpy about a command <laughs> mammoth. You're fighting with a stick. Like get over here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, probably the thing to do is is to actually swap the vibroblade out for a spike gun, which gets you to AP four. Oh, true. And that will kill most things in two hits, right? MOS four mm-hmm. twice. That that'll take out. Does it already have a spike gun? I I don't know. Oh, it only has a light uh, gun. Yeah. yeah, the southern special. Yeah, so you need you need up you need to upgrade it to a viable blade first, a medium viable blade, and then switch it over to the spike gun. Maybe. <laughs> then it doesn't have but a then it, Yeah, it. then does it, then it's not like a monk. Yeah. Monk <laughs> I mean, you, you know, you really just want to make a uh, a monk ferret, though, don't you? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And if you do that, you have to green sculpt on robes. Oh, yeah. 
Well, let's like let's let's be economical with our points here. Weasels come with vent. There you go. This is true. This is very true. <laughs> right? Like there already comes with vent. Might as well just give him a little staff and leave it your <laughs> funny little Yoda looking dude with the staff out there. Seems very right. I think it needs to happen. Apparently I need to buy another weasel because I hadn't done that yet. Um yeah, so NLC has some some kind of goofy things you can do, really leveraging those tabs. Um, and in some ways, you know, you don't get the Mekong shields, but I do think that the two-inch reach and a medium vibro blade instead of a precise light vibro blade is relevant. Like, you're basically trading, yeah, you're trading precise for two AP. inches and plus one damage. And AP. Yeah, precise and AP, yeah. So it's pretty gross. And then, yeah, throw prospectors in there. Throw a line in there to shoot while you advance. With yeah. Who needs shields when you have a heavy rotary cannon? My my shield is made of bullets. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now let's get to the the actual like the the, the nitty gritty of how do you play as Nord? No, we forgot about Northern Guard. Oh shoot, we did because I changed the order and I didn't go back. Mm-hmm. Northern Guard, how can we forget you? So Northern Guard is the the glue that binds the the Northern states together. Um, it's a pretty flexible army composition. And the, the big rule that it gets is it's it's pan northern. It gets one, it gets basically it's a steal one combat group rule from another sublist. So one of its combat groups can be a dragoon squad, or one of its combat groups can uh, have monk staffs, or well, they still have to be a veteran, right? Or one of its combat groups can use the EW specialist rule. Um, in this particular case, I would lean towards dragoon just because it doesn't have the NLC bonus of having uh, cheetah everywhere. Mm-hmm. But you can still have the monk squad go beat people up with the long sticks. Um, and then, yeah, EW specialist is also like a great fallback where if, if, if you didn't make your list around either of those two things, you have to make your list around a dragon squad, right? You have to consciously take a dragon squad. Yeah. You have to consciously take a veteran squad to give monk stabs. Um, if you haven't taken any of that, throwing EW specialist on a CGL is kind of a no brainer. Like you don't have to do, you don't have to think anything about that. Um, their hunters and stripped down hunters are all uh, unlimited availability, and this has the particularly interesting uh, outcome of you can spam arrow hunters. This is this is what John learned me when he played his, his river, when he's like, oh, I get uh, you know unlimited numbers of things with. Was it guided weapon, guided uh, or precise? Guided and advanced. Guided and advanced. Yeah. And you're like awesome. So my combat group has four, uh, you know, only LA two, uh, light anti tank missiles, but still, being able to throw a ton of arrow hunters in there is gross. Yeah, arrow hunters with camel trucks. I felt like I looked it up, and that Matt, it was just better to take more arrow hunters. Yeah, like yeah, it is. <laughs> I think because like, you can do. You can do it. It just doesn't. the The activation economy seems suspect. Because you're only going to get one, right? I can't now. I can't remember. If there were more the, turns in the game. Yeah. Right. But I, like, yeah, and this is you, the the auto cannon is is still quite good. So uh, you can still murder things on turn four with the auto cannon. Yeah. So being able to take unlimited. Arrow hunters, it, to me, was the mo- immediately most significant meaning of that rule. 
and I and I think they can be taken in any combat group as well, um, in any role. And then same thing with Jaguar. They get unlimited or any role for Jaguar, which is fine to me. The big thing is that opens up GP squads. Mm-hmm. So right now in a lot of my lists, I take a um, I take uh, I just the Spearhead Hunter. I take the Spearhead Hunter because it's a GP with an ECTM. Right. So it's a really good combat group leader. Um, it's the one of the only times I don't take Jaguar. So this being able to throw Jaguar into a GP squad means I might take the Spearhead a little bit less. Oh, and then, of course, Prospectors. If you're playing North, just buy a two-pack of Lions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, there's that like double Lion, double Tiger pack right on the store. Just get that thing. Uh, du- double Lion and double um, Leopard. Okay, sorry. Which, they're, they're all climbers. Yeah. So... That is the the squad the, the the combat group of these things can go in anything. Um, yeah, if you play North, you should buy that box. Doesn't matter what sublist you play; they all have prospectors. Do it. Actually, not. Do they all have us prospectors? Yeah, they all do. Yep. So they should all have it. Yeah. yeah, mountain hunters are easy to convert. I've made a couple of mountain hunters. Mountain hunters are kind of neat. It's a hunter uh, with a that's. It's 10 points, has a heavy infantry mortar, so a little bit good for some anti-infantry weaponry. has a medium rocket pack, which is a you know, plus one damage to your already higher damage gun. Um, and they come with a vet, and they're climbers. They're worth throwing around. Easy to convert. I just threw the Lancier pick on mine with a medium rocket pack on the shoulder and threw a spare uh, light, or light mortar on the back. Really easy to do. Yeah, yeah and they have the, uh, the pick. Uh, is available yep. as a separate part too, so you don't have to buy the lance here. Yeah, exactly. That's how I got it. So, if you want to play north on the table, um, if you haven't figured it out by now, they're the firepower. <laughs> they're a firepower <laughs> faction. They're a direct firepower faction specifically, um, which means you need to leverage that firepower. If your opponent doesn't agree, John. Uh, <laughs> They they can make your life hard by denying you targets to hit. It's just you know it's just like playing Infinity against somebody who has a powerful active turn unit, right? Anything you leave out for ARO is going to die. Yep. So North is the army that makes that true in heavy gear. If you leave things out, I will take I will delete your toys because I have cheaper, bigger guns. Um, some of the ways that I think you can leverage firepower, so like. In order to get a model as a target, you either need to get to that model, which is hard, or make that model come out to engage you, right? So one of the things I've been thinking about a lot lately is actually running like double, uh, double hold objectives. So there's four points right on my front table edge of my deployment zone. All I have to do is exist, mm-hmm. right? What is your what is your counterplacer, you know? If you want to deny me points, you either need to shoot me off the table, and I've got odds are more bigger guns, or you need to get up, you know, and you'll have to get up close and expose yourself and get within range of my weaponry. Um, but it is really finding those ways to force the enemy to come out. This is where playing to the objective is going to be really important in your games. Um, your opponent doesn't have to engage you if they don't, ha- if that doesn't help them win the game. That's you know, true. If, if they're if their objectives don't involve engaging you, then then they don't. Why would they? Right. Right. Like, there's a bunch of guys with snub cannons. I better get close to them. 
right? <laughs> <laughs> Said nobody. Um, <laughs> so the other thing, when it comes to getting to them, North has really good, cheap recon gears. The Bobcat is a fantastic target designator. It does very little other than target designate. It is purpose-built for that job. Go do that thing, target designate them so you can reach out and touch them with your anti-tank missiles. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of feel like I rarely leave home without some for- form of anti-tank missile in North, and it's just because I need some method of uh, ensuring that I can that I can hit somebody who's making it hard for me to get to them. So, it yeah, I don't know. It it is an army all about leveraging firepower. John, what do you, I mean? You've you've shot me up plenty good with your army, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. What, what do you think about how do you, how do you how do you leverage it? Firepower specifically? Yeah. Uh, you basically have to identify key threats, right? So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Do you want to talk about the lists and, and sort of in context, how, how you oh, would sure. pick it apart? Maybe that's the thing we can do. I mean, yeah. I can, yeah. Can... Yeah. So let's, let's pull up, pull up a, one example list that you, that you've made. I mean, and I can, I can tell you how I would kill it. Oh, there we go. Right. That's a good start. Okay. So. My first squad is, uh, or my first list is, or my only list I made is a hundred point list. Um, my first combat group contains two arrow hunters. Uh, both of them have been upgraded to have light Panzerfaust, and this is something that I've thought of after the game that you and I had last, John. Hmm. Where after I fired the auto cannons, they kind of didn't do any. Or after I fired the anti tank missiles, yeah, they didn't have anything to do, and light auto cannons aren't really great weapons for defending with. Right, you're able to get up close to me and then just shoot me down with frag cannons. Well, I mean, that was less about the auto cannons not being good and more about me being behind you and crippling you in one shot, and then you having yeah. to turn around and be sad about it. Yeah, um, but giving them Panzerfaust gives them a little bit more to do after yeah. they've fired off the tank missiles. It'll at least make me think about it getting behind you. Yeah, exactly. It's one point for two of them. Mm-hmm. Might as well do it. And then I took two infantry assault squads. So this is a GP squad. I'm going to be taking hold. I think this list is actually a double hold list. Mm-hmm. Um, so throw assault squads on objectives. They sit there and they're hard to kill. They have heavy infantry support burst one, which is basically a light auto cannon. For what it's worth. Sure. Um, and then a spearhead hunter CGL because spearhead hunters rock. So that's, they are very been, good. Yeah, two orders a turn or two. Yeah, two orders a turn. A heavy auto cannon. Mm-hmm rolling you know three dice on threes to give out those orders so one in 27 chance to fail without jamming it's a pretty efficient combat group leader mm-hmm. and then the second group is <laughs> is my annoying group it has two wild ferrets which you talked about earlier which are ecc ecm eccm 36 inch range sensors their job is to to basically gum up the works of the enemy if there's something like a voltiger or a light hover tank my goal here is to haywire them. I need them to be crippled so that they don't punch me in the face really hard. Um, their combat group leader is a sniper Jaguar. Also, it's a Jaguar with a recon trait and a heavy rifle. He's just going to sit in the back taking pot shots at anything that comes across in the open um, and still a pretty decent uh, combat group leader. And then my last group is 
two stripped down assault hunters with medium stub guns, two more assault squads, and another spearhead hunter. So the idea here is that I'm taking two GP squads, so I've got double hold. The recon squad does give me some variety in case I need it, but I really want to force the enemy to come to me. And then I have a counterattack, and that counterattack comes in the form of um, assault hunters with sub cannons, with Panzerfausts, you know, shooting whatever comes close, heavy auto cannons as you close the gap. It's all about basically trying to stay out of sight while the enemy has to move up to maneuver to counter your objectives. So what would you, what you want to pick it apart, John? Sure. Uh, okay, so let's take a look at this list. You've just told me what your strategy is, which I, you know I'll know when, like, after you've picked, after we've we've seen the list and gone through objective selection, I basically know what your plan is. If you tell me you have four hold objectives on the table, I'm like, okay, there's four hold objectives and four assault squads. I kind of I kind of get the picture here. I know I know you're gonna yep. park stuff on them, force me to come to you, and then I'm like, okay, well, what what do you have that's particularly threatening to me? Well, you've got a pair of arrow hunters. I don't like ATMs because they can kill anything that I have because of AP. Right, so I need to worry yeah. about those. Those are things I care about. I'm not super concerned about the assault squad shooting at me. Um, yeah. If I leave stuff out, I'm in trouble anyway. Period. So you treat you treat this like you're playing against Pano and Infinity. Don't let stuff shoot at you. Unfortunately, FO is a lot stronger in uh, in heavy gear than it is in Infinity, especially because you can do it at sensors 36 range, um, which means basically no matter what. That 36-inch range let Adam or like let one of these wild ferrets or the white cat get to a position on the flank of the board to sort of get a diagonal TD off on something that you're hiding behind a rock, right? If the rock yeah. is very wide, you're probably okay. But in most cases, the rock is maybe only a little bit wider than the model you're trying to hide, and therefore you know building or whatever. Um, so you know you're a bit in trouble. And that also depends on how much you know medium versus heavy cover you have on the table. So. Really, the biggest the biggest threat that I see right now is uh, getting sensor or ECM hacked by these things, and then have, having ATMs dropped on me. I only um, I'm, I'm only going to have to worry about four ATM shots over the course of the game because you don't have reloads, right? So if this was if you were going all in, you might need a camel truck, um, you know, as Mr. Sand said earlier. But uh, that four ATMs is still enough to kill anything that I might really need, right? So that's enough to threaten a Voltiger or something important that is integral to my plan. So I need to basically remove your ability to do that. Uh, and the other thing that, of course, is very scary is the stripped down assault hunters because it doesn't matter what you are, you're not going to get hit in the face with, by a medium stub cannon, right? Like that's that's bad yeah. news bears for everybody. So um, the rest of the stuff isn't very particularly mobile. The spearhead hunters, like you don't really want to expose that, right? Depending on what my list composition looks like, if you if you expose them, I can discourage that by by you know specifying assassinate with my special operations. I tend to take a, a fair amount of special operations, so that's one way to do it. But really, what I'm looking at is like, okay, I need to I need to remove your ability to um, drop ATMs on me, and then I can start focusing on attrition. Right, and while also staying away from your assault hunters. Now, if you're going to send your assault hunters towards me, uh, just to like get a snub cannon in my face, that is uh, a pretty even trade, I think, for us. Like you, you get mm -hmm. them in, in like stuck in somewhere, but you've overextended them because the 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 assault squads aren't going to keep up with them. Which means no. I basically have to face them like probably two to one, and I can probably take you. Right, I'll have like two yeah. actions of some like 
relatively meaningless gun, right? Like I'll have a, uh, a light auto cannon or something on my side of the table, which I won't really get to use against, say, your arrow hunter, like way in the backfield. But if your your stripped down hunter gets in the way, I'll, I'll can, I can engage it. So that I will let you tell me whether I need to kill them. If you keep them in the back, I will ignore them. If you put them, if you push them aggressively, I will take target. I will take you know opportunistic attacks against them. So really, what I'm looking at is I need to remove your ability to project power, and I'm going to do that by killing a recon group. Most likely, yeah. I also have a uh, most likely I also have a strike squad on my side of the table. So I'm going to take uh, one of the objectives that we proposed in HDBTS, which is um, clear the way, pave the way, whatever it's called. Uh, which allows me to point at two groups and say, if I reduce that to half each, either of those groups to half action, I gain one objective point. So I'm going to choose the yeah. recon group and I'm going to choose the group with the strip down assault hunter. So um, I'm probably going to have to deal with the snub cannons. So if I kill them, great, that's a point already, right? I'm going to do, I'm doing what I was going to do anyway and killing those mm -hmm. guys. And then my other objective will be something that I don't have to deal with you. Right, it'll be the flags or my own hold, or you know, right. maybe like um, break the line or so, something. Right, like something that I, like I can completely ignore what you're doing, what you have on the table, and just do my own thing. And I and that way I don't have to deal with you getting shot or being shot, uh, shooting back at you, trying to kill stuff. I just do get free points some other way. So I'll, I'll pick uh, clear the way or pave the way uh, for uh, killing the snub cannon hunters and then some number of the recon squads. I will probably focus the first two turns on wiping out your recon squads. Why? Because the more turns that I have with you not able to fire ATMs, if I can take as many ATM shots offline early as possible, that's better for me. So I'll try to do mm -hmm. that. Your gears will want to advance to the midfield anyway, your recon gears to get shots off on me. So um, I will take the opportunity, I will trade things like hover bikes are great for killing these guys, right? They're already low armor, the medium infantry grenade launcher will eat one, no problem. Yeah. Um, so if I do that, that remove that gets me points, denies you the ability to ATM me. Uh, and also, and this is the key point, uh, if I can reduce, if I can wipe out the combat group, which sounds hard, but probably isn't depending on what you do with them, right? Because consistently in games we've played, I've like laser focus on murdering all of your recon gears. Um, yeah. And if you put them all in one group, like you have here, right, that opens up clear the way or pave the way to take, to get me one objective point. And also if I kill the whole group, that means you're down to two combat group activations. Even if you attrit me down, like say a duelist, independent, independent operator, combat group activations, I still have action economy over you. Right. Sure. And so that's good. So basically like if you're, if your gun isn't shooting, in your active turn, I can do things like top speed and therefore uh, get more defense dice against you. I want to I want to dictate the shot on my terms, right? I want to mm -hmm. be I want to be at odd like funny angles for you in cover, top speeding at at uh, suboptimal range for you. So I want to take all the variables and put them in my hands to decide, right? Um, so yeah. that's that's what I would do. So step one, just in summary, step one: murder all the recon gears as best I can. Step two: focus on. Um, focus on taking out the assault hunters and then uh and then if i can um you know either either i will deny you um deny you some number of holds by like saving the last activation of the game and again this is synergistic right so if i have more act combat groups available to me you really can't respond to my last couple of moves because i have like basically two actions where you you've gone already so you have yeah. to show me your positioning first, which means that like, let's say on turn four, you've moved your assault squads 
onto the objective, I can either A, drop things like airburst missiles on them, or B, just like if you're on if you're only one of them on a hold objective, I'll just like, you know, sneak a hover bike up or something like that and then deny you that hold objective. So that's how I would do it, right? So a trip down the um, recon squad, um, uh, and also that, that gives me points and denies you activations. And then at the end, I have to mop up uh, what what uh, whatever else I can do. Because the other thing that is going on here, if we're playing, um, uh, say, like an objective-based mission, like in HGBTS or something, then you're very static in the back because you always have to fall back to your hold objectives, which gives me more room mm -hmm. in the midfield to operate, especially after those recon gears are down. So, uh, so Rooster, you play mm -hmm. a pretty different north than me. I feel like, at least in the list I've seen of you playing, uh, does this does this list get some sort of Rooster seal of approval? What do you think of it? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, I think it, it's it's the combination of the ATMs, the snub cannons, the EW, and supporting fire and everything. It, it works really well. I think uh, when you when you look at all of North, there there's definitely a few different ways to play them. Um, some of the more common ways to play them is uh, charge them forward with guns and shoot people in the face. Um, mm -hmm. Or another option would be, you know, do the more subtle thing and use uh, forward observations for artillery. Um, sometimes I like to use other things besides anti-tank missiles. Um, what? The, yeah, <laughs> I know it's crazy. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, believe it or not, like even just like a, a heavy artillery gun. Sure. I mean, I know they've only got one, but... You know, you whip out that verter, you do an FO. No, it doesn't have the TD or anything. But if you start dropping those things on groups of gears, I mean, a good, like, heavy artillery gun strike on a group of gears can do a lot of damage. Um, yeah. I know the secondary targets, you're kind of fishing to some degree. But on the other hand, all you got to do is just, just get an MOS zero with one uh, one of those guys. Right. And you're either crippling it, possibly taking it out. Depends on what you're hitting. Um yeah, like, but yeah. like MOS zero will overkill most light gears. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like there's just a smoking crater, like no, not even any wreckage, just gone. Yeah, it, it, and I think that's two very uh, typical ways to play North. I I shouldn't say typical because I don't mean to marginalize it, but it's it's very true to the North. They they either run forward and oh. and shoot you in the face, or they act a little bit more subtly by the FOs. Now, that said, um, they do actually, it, it kind of depends on, on what you get. Like, for example, sure, they only have two Special Forces gears, really. On the other hand, you can get a lot of those Special Forces gears. Sure. So, yeah, you've got all kinds of ways to play it. You, can, you only have so many tanks, but some of those tanks, you get a few of them together and make yourself some combat groups, and now you have Rolling Thunder. Uh, yeah, there's... They have a lot of different ways to play them. No, I'm, a, yeah. I'm a huge fan of the Tiber. Like, mm -hmm. as much as as much as I kind of rag on Northern tanks, it's really just because like they have one one tank per job is really right, what right. they have. Yeah, you know, they don't they don't have a lot of redundancy. They don't have a lot of choices. Um, but the Tiber is um, a medium field gun, so we're talking a damage ten AE three mm -hmm. or AP two gun. Right. You know, yep. it's it's sixteen points, armor nine, two actions. You're gonna focus that field gun and just blat something in the face, mm -hmm. and in, oh, yeah. a, in a pinch, it can work as a artillery gun as well. Oh yeah. So. Yeah, yeah there's, there's there's a lot of ways to play him. Um, it, there's definitely no one single way to play him. Uh, but yeah, your your force definitely gets my stamp of approval. 
<laughs> Excellent. And it was John, one of the things you mentioned about killing my recon gears. Yeah. That was another reason to put Panzerfausts on the uh <laughs> on the 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 uh hunters. Sure. So like a lot of times, you know, you kill my recon gears by by the bottom of two, and then I don't have a way to deliver the light anti-tank missiles, which then made the limited ammo on the arrows less relevant. Sure. Or, mm-hmm. Right. I'm not going to have a way to deliver him anyways. He's going to nuke my, like, you're going to kill the shit out of that white cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Laser focus. Gonna, yeah. You are going to murder the white cat. Yeah. And <laughs> then you're going to murder the, the uh, wild ferrets. Right. Yeah. The wild ferrets don't have TDs. I really am just going for that three dice on yeah. 36 inch sensor. Um, mm. But you're going to kill them with laser focus. So I was like, you know what? If I get two turns of shooting out of these anti-tank missiles, that's great. And then I'll just deal with using Panzerfaust if anything gets close. Mm-hmm. So, John, you you have a totally different approach on making lists in general. Yeah, you want to uh, do, do Roosters first? Yeah, let's do Roosters. Let's do Roosters. So, Rooster, you wrote a yeah. one-point list. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I uh, one thing I did with this list was I used some of the elements from the uh, starter set. Uh, just okay. so to kind of show people, hey, you know, if you've got the uh, Kickstarter set for the North and you want to build onto it, this is one way to build onto it. Um, and you can even change a few things out here. Um, it's got, you've got one combat group that has a weasel, a black cat, a black cat sniper, and a black cat sniper. So uh, a little recon group there. That's the stuff that's not in the starter set. The second yeah. group has a uh, command mammoth, and then hunter gunner, hunter gunner, and then a hunter UC, so a shotgun. And then, of course, the third group has two Kodiaks, the regular one with the uh, particle accelerator, and then a chain gun Kodiak. So you've got <laughs> Why the choose? hunters and the Kodiaks. <laughs> I know, right? Why choose when you can have both? But uh, So yeah, you've got the hunters and the Kodiaks that come with it. And then you've got things that you could add to it, like a Strider, um, some special forces operatives, uh, the weasel, of course. Uh, you can also apply this to any sublist. Um, mm-hmm. And if you're strapped for points, you could take the Hunter UC out, mm-hmm. uh, or you could take the Hunter Gunners and make them regular Hunters. Uh, so there's a, there's a few different things to do. Like if you wanted to make more of these guys monks, uh, yeah, you'd probably want to take out the Hunter UC. And then, um, and of course, if you've got monk staffs, maybe you don't necessarily need the medium auto cannon on the Hunters. Maybe at that point, you just want the light auto cannons. Uh, uh, yeah, so you've got a, a lot of different options. Um, Kodiaks with monk staffs are interesting. They're not quite as speedy, uh, so you're going to be doing a lot of running in order to get into uh, close combat. Uh, pretty scary thought, though, to have a, uh, a Kodiak with a monk staff coming up on you, though. So just the fact that you have them sometimes can uh, can create some drama, True. which is fun. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, of course, the weasel... The weasel comes with that tattletale uh, upgrade, so it's oh, got yeah. the extra SP. And of course, I've got him as a task force commander just because. And he's got the vet trait. So he's got two, Jeez. or I'm sorry, he's got three com, uh, command points there. The command mammoth also has three command points. And then uh, the Kodiak's got two command points because they're automatically vets. Right. And then, of course, the chain gun Kodiak's a vet, so that's got an SP, and the uh, three black cats are all vets, so all three of those have SPs. I haven't applied any uh, extra stuff to them, really. It, it's like this is everything that it comes right. with automatically. So the inter- one of the interesting things I noticed with this first list, if you applied it to um, 
the uh, I'm just totally brain farting the name, and I'm totally not blaming the 14% alcohol that the beer has. The the UMF, if you did this mm -hmm. as a UMF sublist, you could actually run that first combat group as a special operations. Yep. Which would give you the extra, you know, the 12 inch deployment along the table edge. Yep. Mm -hmm. which and access works. to the the objectives, which is probably more relevant in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, but that task force commander weasel, you're rolling, <laughs> you're rolling three d six on twos, mm -hmm. to, with it sat up. Yep. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of yeah. ridiculous. Your your orders are going to get through, and, uh, and needless to say, he does. So he doesn't have a lot of armor, so you don't don't necessarily want to rush this guy down the uh, midfield. On the <laughs> other hand, you're you've got a task force commander and a CEO. The right. Command Mammoth is the CO. Now, he's the guy you can right. slam down the midfield, and certainly you don't necessarily want to lose him as a commander, but if you do lose him, it's not the end of the world because you still have a task force commander who's rolling on twos. Yeah, let's let's, let's look at this this uh, this Mammoth um, <laughs> really quick. And you give it the Sledgehammer variant, yeah. too, which, yeah. which I love. I'm mm -hmm. so glad that we worked that out in Beta Man. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. So it's, it's a 36-point monstrosity. <laughs> <laughs> it's veteran and commanding mm -hmm. officer with uh the plus one skill point that command mammoths get naturally so yeah right. you're talking that three command points right there mm -hmm. and commanding officers i believe can still issue outside of their own combat group yes right right yes yeah, so you've got six command points out of this force where you could just throw those command points anywhere Ugh. a precise <laughs> a precise heavy snub cannon because why not yeah now, at least, now, like this is interesting because like my biggest complaint about the the command mammoth is the fist, mm -hmm. um, but the so it loses a second ranged hand weapon. Mm -hmm. uh, True, but you make up for that with the dual medium artillery rockets that you get from the mm -hmm. sledgehammer upgrade. Right, which means if even if the enemy is like, you know what, maybe I'm not going to get in snub cannon range. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which, maybe, maybe, maybe I, I don't want that. Yeah, you know, you still have two AE5, so mm -hmm. two 10-inch across templates mm -hmm. of uh, damage eight Hellfire you get to rain on somebody with basically unlimited rerolls. You're just rerolling right. everything. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it, when the enemy rolls that one for their defense roll and they, you know, they're out of rerolls, you're like, yeah, I'm gonna reroll mine. Like, let's get that shit, baby. No, that's a that's interesting. And then the other funny thing here that I feel like gets ignored a lot is AMS. It's such a small yep. trait on the command mammoth, and it's mm -hmm. so easy to ignore. But what it is is that it lets that model reroll defense against basically yep. against anti tank missiles. That's what's relevant. Right, right. So if you roll poorly, you don't even have to use one of your rerolls to do mm -hmm. that. Right, right. Yeah, that thing, that thing's a beast, and uh, with the artillery rockets, I, I think that was a very a good thing because it used to have that artillery type function, and mm -hmm. uh, it it went away at some point. Now we brought it back, but yeah, it makes it operate um, completely different than how it was operating before. Where before it was like everything was short range, and right. uh, there was kind of a struggle with it. And there's there's still a struggle because it's not necessarily the fastest thing. But on the other hand, it, it's it's still a good thing to just put in the yeah. Middle of the table, just start marching it forward and see what happens. I mean, obviously, you, you still want to protect it. You want to do your best to keep it alive and everything. 
but those medium artillery rockets mean you can't just straight ignore it like you used to. So, yeah. or maybe like you want to. Yeah, before like the one of the dual snub cannons before you're like, get within three inches of me. <laughs> <laughs> Slow down. You know, like, if, if there's a model that embodies like the side cramp from running, it's the, it's the mammoth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, so and one it's okay. Yeah. One thing to oh sorry. Uh one thing to mention on this uh this sublist too or this um force entry is it, let's say you're not necessarily a mammoth kind of person. Uh maybe you're more of a scimitar kind of person. Uh that's that's easy to do with this sublist. Uh this has the idea of flexibility and and this is something that players can take a look at. They can say, "Yeah, I want to use this." Or, you know what? I don't necessarily like this maybe I want the scimitar instead. And then they could do a couple things and swap that out. And you have something very similar, just different model. Yeah. Yeah, it's not bad. And actually, the scimitar is quite a few less points. So you can throw a couple more hunters in mm -hmm. or a jaguar from your starter pack. Right. Mm -hmm. So, right, so right. What, what's what's your objective plan for this list? Uh, pretty much to... Um, so the weasel, of course, he's going to want to hang back because I don't want him to get sniped. Uh, the black cat snipers are there to kind of hang with them. Mm -hmm. um, now that said, you've got a lot of two ICs in there. What I could do with the uh, black cat is I could put the black cat on one side of the table, the weasel on the other, put one sniper per one of those guys. So they're kind of separated and they're covering different zones. Uh, they're not necessarily going to hold a flank by themselves, though. Now the Kodiaks kind of can, uh, sure. so I could even separate them. you got one Kodiak that's a CGL. And then one Kodiak that's a 2IC. They basically both have 2CP because of that. So they don't necessarily need to issue orders to themselves. Like, for example, Kodiaks don't have great EW skill. Mm -hmm. But with 2CPs, they can kind of operate independently anyways sure. and just not care and just use the CPs for rerolls. So you could put one Kodiak on each side of the table with um, one sniper and then one of the weasels or black cat. Send the command mammoth up the front with the uh, Hunter Gunners and the Hunter UC as support and just kind of go from there. I left the Kodiaks open. I didn't um, necessarily designate them as uh, SK or FS. You mm -hmm. can always change them. Uh, obviously, SK would give you a little bit more versatility. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's it, it, it depends on what the other player brings. Uh, but certainly, my first thought with them would be put the big chonking mammoth in the middle put one Kodiak on each side, separate out the other one, and then uh, then you've got kind of like a layer, like a layered effect as well. It's a lot to track, so I don't necessarily recommend this to people who are just learning the game. Right. Uh, if you have a way to break up your combat groups and still make them useful, um, it can be a good thing to do because you get a little bit of a layered effect. So, for example, if you go, I go, you go, I go, if I've used one combat group that's on my right flank, and then it's now your turn. You now know that nothing else can happen on my right flank. But on right. the other hand, if I've got it kind of parsed out a bit, then that keeps a threat vector there. So you can't just run whole hog through that zone with no worries. Sure. All right. Gross. What missions do you think you'd play? What, uh, I mean, so we've got a special operations or a recon in that first group. Mm -hmm. um, you've got a fire support in that second group. Right. Yeah. Either a strike or fire support for the third. Yeah, the Kodiaks. I'd probably go with strike just to have that that third option. I, I wouldn't want to show up to the game and then choose. I would I would probably choose strike. I just 
I left yeah. it blank on my own notes so that if somebody was looking at this and they wanted to choose, if they wanted 2FS, they could take 2FS. Uh, but yeah, I would want more versatility. So I'd want a, a strike FS and then RC generally. Um, uh, but yeah, I, when I when it gets to actual objectives, sometimes I just play things just to play them. I'm not necessarily trying to mm -hmm. uh, get like the, the greatest strength out of things. Sometimes I just look at the table and I just say, what's going to be the most fun? Sure. Uh, and then I just kind of go from there. And maybe it's not necessarily the wisest choice, but on the other hand, if it creates more interaction with the other player, then I'll do it deliberately. Mm -hmm. I mean, if the, if the opponent is playing a... Um... I mean, so you you're probably going to want to do pave the way or clear the way, right? Right, right. Yeah, that's this. This is a very killy list. Like mm -hmm. hands hands down, you, that's something you ever want to consider. Um, you could go with assassination, mm -hmm. pretty reliably. Yeah. Um, as long as they don't is depending on the opponent's horse in that case, right? Because if they're playing right. with KG leaders, you don't really have the tools to dig them out. Sure. Um, right, right. But. And then, of course, uh, wipe them out mm -hmm. oh, yeah. <laughs> is always an option. If your opponent dared show up with a fire support unit, um, <laughs> then like just thank them right there for the two points. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> that was so nice of you. <laughs> thank you. So, yeah, my, you know, my list is a little bit face-punchy, but your list is really face-punchy. It's kind of interesting because it serves as an interesting counter to what I bring. Right, so even though I was only bringing 100 points, you could modify this list down to 100 um, yeah. without too much work. Um, but either deal, like, you probably wouldn't have both a Command Mammoth and Double Kodiaks, but mm -hmm. dealing with either a Command Mammoth or Double Kodiaks is a, a nightmare is a, at 100. <laughs> that's a thing to, 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 to worry about. Okay, so so I'll, I'll do the same thing that I did for Adam's list for this list. If mm -hmm. I'm yeah. facing this, Go for it. right, like... Mm -hmm. Basically, what I'm probably looking at is you choosing Pave the Way, which is murdering two, half of two of my combat groups, and probably Assassinate. So those are pretty synergistic, right? Mm -hmm. um, because we, we, I think it's you, you can't choose uh, Wipe Them Out and Pave the Way on the same combat group, but you can choose Assassinate and Pave the Way. So you can, you can mm -hmm. get a, synergist, uh, a synergy there. And then the third one is probably... Uh, <laughs> wipe them out on the third combat group because why not <laughs> right um so basically like i don't want to die right so i uh because dying gives you points um mm. and so if i if i see this list on this side of the table and i'm like okay what what, what uh, it's probably going to be all kill objectives okay so that means i need mm. to choose things that don't involve interacting with you at all if i want to win Right, so if I if I can hide the whole game and not do anything great, a lot of this stuff isn't particularly mobile, right? Like the um, your fastest stuff is already going to be on the flanks, mm -hmm. which is good. Uh, but if so, what I might do is I might do something like um, uh, select flags to force you to come to me, right? And that uh, that will open you up, and maybe I can isolate something and pick it off by targeted ATM fire is something that I might consider. Um, but the other objectives are going to be pretty hard. Uh, I think my best bet would probably be to do something like select. Uh, hopefully, I have two combat groups and uh, with GP, and I can select flags and hold. If I can't do, if I can only do one, I probably do hold, and then I probably pick something like break the line. Or uh, if I, this would be tough, I'd have to probably try to go for pave the way, and take out two of the black cats and probably the hunters, and then just basically spend the rest of the game running from you. 
is 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 the way to do it. Um, which is which is hard, especially if you if you're committing to, I'm just going to split the forest, you know, black cat black cat on either side and a Kodiak on either side, right? Like I can't I can't hide on the left or the right, like, and then in the middle there's just this mammoth sledgehammering its way forward. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's tough, and then you can you can easily um, you can easily target designate with the or or at least um, Fort observe with the black cats, no problem for those our artillery rockets. So it's tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, I basically have to really pay attention to what um, what my hard cover options look like or my heavy cover options look like. Uh, stay behind it, uh, and then you know when I when presented with a target of opportunity, I have to, I have to take it and then and then jet away. So it's a it's a very cagey um, cagey game where I have to just like continuously not present like present as little of a of a threat surface for you to attack as possible or, or, uh, yeah. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and just stay away from me while doing stuff that I can do without having to interact as much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's the plan. (laughs) Avoid being hit. It's a tough, that's a, that's a tough (laughs) matchup. There's a lot of, there's a lot of coverage in terms of Mm -hmm. angles. Um, I think, I think a lot of it will really depend on the table. It's a very open table. It's a real hard game. Okay. Just the sheer number of of weapons that the mammoth can defend itself with. Yeah. <laughs> just makes it hard. You're like your jet bike's not surviving. If I can't get be- right. if I can't get behind it, your the jet bike is dust. Yeah, I mean that's really a big problem too, right? I think uh the mammoth just driving up the center of the table effectively ignoring cover. Um you're just like whatever, I don't care. I'm just, I'm just I am cover. I'm just going to walk forward. Um Right. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, one thing to note, too, is just to point out that this is 150 TV versus uh, the 100-point force that Adam was uh, sure. displaying earlier. Mm-hmm. So there's, just to make sure that's clear. Cause, uh, but yeah, the one other thing, too, is, is you could really focus on the mammoth survivability by swapping out that hunter UC with maybe a wild ferret with sure. ECM mm-hmm. and just have that wild ferret focusing on ECM defense. So yeah, and of course you could put a smoke upgrade on something. So maybe you're running the mammoth forward, pop and smoke, ECM, et cetera, et cetera, just trying to use that thing to absorb as many of your actions as it possibly can. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's yeah. another kind of way you could do this. I mean, but really, I don't want to shoot at the mammoth at all. It's not really uh, part of my plan. It's it's just it's just a waste of activations for me, unless unless I absolutely have to, right? And even then, I might I let's say you march it across the table and contest one of my hold objectives. I mean, I'll just put more more bodies on the hold objective at the end of the game, or I'll just concede the hold objective to you, right? Like it's just it's just not something that I like. I'm equipped to deal with along with both both Kodiaks, right? Like it's just too much. So I, I basically say like, all right, you have this area of the table. I can't do anything about it. But really, the problem is, you know, the way tables generally play, play out is like, if you're in cover, you can only see certain things because by virtue of being in cover, you're obscuring mm-hmm. your sight line. Like that's the definition. Like some parts mm-hmm. of the table cannot see you, therefore you're in cover. Uh, if you are not mm-hmm. in cover, a lot of the table can therefore see you, um, and that's good for the mammoth because it's all of its all of its uh, auto guns. You're just like, okay, mm-hmm. great. I can see the whole table. The whole table can see me. I have a bajillion armor. I don't care if you shoot me. Uh, in fact, please shoot me. The other stuff is going to kill you, <laughs> not the mammoth. Um, and so it really restricts my ability to move freely around the table. Um, I have to spend a lot of my, even my jet bike movement, 
mm-hmm. um, ending my activation in uh, in a safe spot, or even taking shots at potentially disadvantageous angles and ranges to stay out of the mammoth sight line. Um, so I have to make all of these decisions just because there's this you know force projection bubble slamming its way up the table, and because of its armor mm-hmm. value, it doesn't need to necessarily be in cover against. Uh, some of the threats I might feel. So I think I think that's a, a, a very different thing than you might see in a game of Infinity where everything is hyper-lethal, and if you're not in cover, that's a huge deal. And here it's, 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 it's important, right? Like, I don't recommend being out of cover if I have, like, a bunch of railguns on the table. But uh, mm-hmm. if I don't, then you, you can sort of, like, wander around freely. Yeah, yeah, it definitely does depend on on what the opponent brings to the table. Like, for example, if you've got a lot of forward observers and you've got a whole bunch of like anti tank missiles on standby, yeah. maybe I don't want to take that mammoth right up the center. You right, know, right. It, it's because then it's just like uh, I'm just putting a big juicy target out there. Mm-hmm. Right, and this is actually something I would consider this one of the things I like about the standard black hat over the black hat snipers. Like this, the black hat snipers is a, is a heavy rifle. Right, mm-hmm. like that's a mean. That's a mean gun, mm-hmm. but if you had regular black cats, you'd have some pretty hostile jamming coverage. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah. so you you combine like their ability to jam with the command mammoth's built-in AMS. Mm-hmm. It's like that could be a huge pain in the ass to mm-hmm. even hit with anti-tank missiles. Yep, that's true. And you still have two very good jam options, right? Like your weasel tattletail. What's it doing with its action? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's gonna jam stuff, or it's going to ECM something from 36 inches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Your, your your stock black cat, it's going to jam stuff or ECM stuff. Mm-hmm. So you start jamming up their their TD options, and then what few TD options they have left have to contend with the reaction firepower from the list. Mm-hmm. And we're only talking about the mammoth. You still have a double Kodiak. This is like. Uh, yeah, don't mind us, guys. We'll just sit here <laughs> firing our precise light anti-tank missiles at things right. from that right. black hat you're ignoring because you're too busy <laughs> dealing with this damn thing. Exactly. Gross. Yeah, like, we're we're so focused on this mammoth, and it's like, mm-hmm. there's two Kodiaks right there. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think that's a, one of the good things. We, we talk about combined arms warfare, and when you look at the Norse, sometimes you're focused on, oh, it's just all gears. But really, you've got different threat vectors here. You've got Kodiaks, which is a completely different vector than Mammoths. And then, of course, you've got your recon stuff, like your Black Cat Snipers. Yeah, if you've got something that I'm picking as an assassinate target and my Black Cat Snipers can get a shot off on you, there's some victory points right there. So, so you're not just worrying about gears, you're worrying about fat gears and spooky gears, too. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yes. it's, it, they're, they're different types of threat vectors. So therefore, yeah. it's yeah. still combined arms, even though it's all gears. Well, Strider too, but sure. Uh, it's just similar. it's just a it's just a fat gear, like Adam was saying. Right, right. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a, you've got a fat gear and spooky gears. <laughs> That's how it works. Yep. It makes sense. Okay, so John, your your take on North um, looks suspiciously like. <laughs> Like, are there hover bikes in this? No, yeah, right. <laughs> there are bikes. It, it looks a lot like your your uh, your pack list that we just played. It's true. Uh, I yeah. I mean, no no surprise there. I like what I like for reasons. 
Um, but what moving the list archetype into North gave me was the ability to, to do crazy things. Like the thing that I did when I was looking at the North list is I typed into the search bar in gear grinder airdrop BZ. (laughs) And I was like, wait, I can get a heavy bazooka for 10 points that also airdrops. (laughs) I was like, yes, please click. Doesn't doesn't everybody do this? I don't understand. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And then like, this is, this is sort of like the EM search that I do in infinity. It's like, what has EM in this, in this army, right? It's like quackety, quackety, quack. Um, And then I was like, wait, it also has a medium spike gun and brawl one and piloting four. Yes, please. Right. I was like, great. This this is this is in the list. In you go. Uh, and then I was like, what else has airdrop and cool guns? And I was like, oh, the the leopard flash is also in there, and it also has a medium spike gun. So if I have to deal with stuff that is under protection of an ECM bubble, I've got things in the midfield to do that. Then I wanted my own ECM, so I took a pair of cheetah, uh, and then I just got a cheap assault squad just to fill out the group. Um, so the point of this guy is it's a strike squad, and it's going to be in the middle, and it's going to pounce on things that you overextend. That's its point in life. Uh, or it can go hunt down things in your backfield. Everything in there is reasonably like speedy, right? It's not it's not like CEF levels of speed, but uh, it will it will get where it needs to go and shoot the thing, and that's what you need to do. Um, and then I want to I, I I tend to play a very high combat group, like high number of combat group list style because I I like that. I like the ability to do something that. Uh, is advancing my own game plan without really exposing any or additional vulnerabilities to you uh, and then forcing you to move. Uh, and by doing so, I can deny targets and basically force you to do something that's suboptimal. Right? You're like, ah, I guess I have to move and I can't see anything to shoot, so I guess they just stand there. I'm like, great, perfect. That's what I wanted. Um, so the second group is a bunch of jackrabbits uh, and stingers because uh, airburst missiles are great. Um, they can threaten gears now, right? Because like the stingers mm-hmm. can upgraded uh, medium anti air, medium airburst missiles, and then of course jackrabbits are great because they have TD, um, and I'm a little sad they don't have IGLs, but that's okay. Um, yeah, so that's just there mostly to be a, a, a null activation group and drop airburst missiles on stuff and give me access to GP objectives. So uh, I probably, depending on what your list composition looks like, I probably take pave the way off of my strike group and then probably flags or hold off of this group here with the stingers and the jackrabbits. And then I've got my own ATM sources. I took a chain gun Kodiak uh, to basically be a, a poor man's mammoth, right? And chill somewhere on a flank uh, and sort of hold down a fire lane with that heavy rotary cannon um, and just mm-hmm. be annoying. And then over the second action, I'll drop ATMs in response to uh, jackrabbit lighting something up with its TD. So that's the game plan there. Um, the Jackrabbits probably will not survive. Um, the Chain Gun Kodiak does not need help generally. It can still, it can yeah. just, it, it's more than happy to just like pop out and fire a precise ATM at something. It, it'll do that just fine. All it can focus is HRC or whatever you needs to do. Uh, and then I, so I wanted another thing that was cheaper um, to to basically uh, flank something, uh, provide another source of fire on another part of the table, right? So this is this is my equivalent of the double Kodiak, right? But instead of right. taking a second Kodiak, I took a Dragonfly um, because uh, I just wanted a VTOL and it was cheaper by four points, which let me fit the fourth group in, which is a Nemesis Jaguar Independent Operator Duelist. I didn't have any points to upgrade it. Oh, well. Uh, it's, it's an excellent chassis with lots of good guns and a spike gun. Um, so 
I think it'll be fine by itself. And really it's just there to allow me to say, move the Jaguar um, and then leave its action alone. So I can maybe shoot something with the auto cannon in response to you moving around and just sort of be a, please don't go anywhere near this. Cause it will come and spike on you or shoot you in the back with an auto cannon. Um, and while, while, you know, actually killing stuff after you've moved it with my, with my uh, Kodiak or dragonfly or the first group. So that's that's sort of the game plan here. Um yeah. I mean I can I can Gross. I can talk about how I would murder my own list. <laughs> well well so I wanna like me looking at your list. Yeah. Love the destroyer dingo. Um I own two of them. I just haven't had a chance to throw them at you yet. I you, again, uh it starts it starts close with a damage nine gun. Done. Problem solved. The leopard flash, I I prefer the leopard with the grenade launcher versus the leopard flash. That sure. is a entirely a preference thing, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Parachutes are fantastic, and yeah, your assault squad is just there to exist. Um, the the jackrabbit recons hurt me a little bit, just because jackrabbits are you know the southern thing. But um, I, I want wallaby recons to exist. And my wallaby recons might just happen to be jackrabbit recons in disguise someday, um, because yeah, the, the the fast target designation is fantastic. The dragonfly surprised me in your list, though. Um, I know that you and I have started recently looking at the dragonfly and the Varus, mm-hmm. just because it's like these things are universal, and I don't think either one of us can can lo- can like the Varus model. Apparently, some people like it. Uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not one of them. Yeah, but that's okay. <laughs> it's all subjective. Yeah, it's so it's a little derpy for my taste. But the dragonfly looks kind of cool. Yeah, it does. A, a linked light anti-tank missile is again. Yep. That's no joke. Mm-hmm. That's a really easy five d six light anti-tank missile shot. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be ignored. And only in for only sixteen points. Yeah, as a target designator, you probably won't use, but being able, you could throw. Uh, you could throw a four dice light anti-tank missile into something by focusing it. Right. Um, I mean, I, I think uh, the light laser cannon, as I'm sure many people have discovered, much to their chagrin, is actually very good at shooting things in reaction. Um, that too. So just being a source of like, oh, by the way, I might laser you if you wander through this, if you wander through this corridor and try to do something. Um, it's just, it's just like having played the Peregrine a bunch now having access to a VTOL, because you can reposition 24 a turn, right? Like, that's great. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. And so, you know, speed is speed is excellent. Uh, this was, opens up uh, objective play. This lets me hunt things down that I need to find angles on. Uh, I mean, because the Kodiak is real slow at <laughs> movement <laughs> five, right? So being able to hit almost as hard as a Kodiak, right? Because uh, a, a linked ATM, as I would say, arguably worse than a precise ATM, but we can get into the math, Just by a little bit. Yeah, but not not, not by much. Uh, but being able to get behind something out of cover, right? Because I just moved twenty four to do it is significantly better, right? Yes. Uh, so so I I think having the mobility is really important here. Um, yeah, and it, I just I just think it's it's helpful to to have that. And and you know I might do something crazy like if I take flags or something, I might give the flag to the dragonfly, and have it drop the objective, right? Oh. Things like that. That's the thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Make it the CGL. Yeah. Um, 
So for, for some people who are listening, the the uh, the missions that we're talking about might sound a little unfamiliar, and we just need to update the Heavy Gear Tournament System document for the latest version of the secondary objectives. Yeah. Um, we're expand, we've been expanding the list of secondary objectives, and it's something that is also being looked into for future editions of Heavy Gear, but it just opens up kind of some more tactical options and interesting things. If you... So if any of this sounds unfamiliar, like I said, check out those Heavy Gear Blitz tournament system document yep. to uh, to catch up on all the objectives. Yeah, and we did an episode on it last time too, I believe. So. Yeah, that's right. So there's there's plenty of discussion there. the The objectives have changed slightly as we've been playtesting them, but the general idea is the same, right? So the new yeah. ones are just just for the purposes of having it here in this episode, so you don't need to go look it up in the middle of the episode. Um, all the normal stuff still exists, assassinate, detailed scan, uh, capture, hold, break the line, wipe them out. Those are all still there. They're, they might have changed the name, but they're all still there. Um, then we have the addition of uh, flags, which is a new GP objective. And that is uh, get to the opponent's table half, spend an action, drop out an objective marker. If that sticks around for two cleanup phases, you get a point, right? And you have to yeah. nominate uh, two CGLs as flag carriers. If they die, it sucks for you. Um, and then your opponent can remove the objective marker before the cleanup phase by getting within four, looking at it with line of fire, and then spending an action. So they can like delete your flag and therefore deny you the point. So it, it involves a little bit more um, uh, more fussing. Uh, then there's another one called uh, raid or, or secure asset or something, which is you you put down two objective markers in the opponents. Uh, side of the table, you have to go get them, and that's a special operations one. Basically, pick, spend an action, pick it up, and then run away with it for points mm -hmm. at the end of the game. And then there's pave the way or clear the way, depending on which document you're looking at. Um, and uh, that's basically you choose two enemy combat groups, and uh, if you reduce either one to half action by the end of the game, you get a point. So maximum of two for one, one for each combat group. Um, yeah. So. That's that's the you probably talk about that one the most. Yes. Specific. Yeah, that's that's yeah. in strike. And I think the reason why it's it's been really, really good um because of players like Adam and myself who tried to push uh minimum unit size, right, in terms of combat group construction. Yeah. So I specifically like killing two jackrabbits or two stingers is not very difficult. So that's like <laughs> almost a free point for you, right? Um two points. Oh, yeah, one point. One yeah, point, right? So, so it, it punishes like really flimsy small groups like that, uh, and rewards people for taking like big chonking like nine action like mega armor things uh, like in a combat yeah. group. So, um, it's a nice balancing thing, and most people have access to strike in most of their lists. So, uh, it's a nice option to have in your back pocket. You're like, oh, I'm facing a swarm list. I will choose mm -hmm. pave the way, and and you know kill some small things and get points. Uh, and then for the big things, you probably have your own fire support group and you can choose wipe them out. Yeah. It's like baby wipe them out. Yeah. It yeah. Is. Like wipe them out is meant to be hard, which is why it's on fire support. This is like almost wipe them out, but it's on strike, which is almost fire support. Right. All right. So John, we've talked a lot about how to, uh, ways that you can play North, uh, tools you can use things to think about them, which is really like, how do I punch the enemy in the face as hard, as quick, as hard, as quickly and as rapidly as possible, uh, <laughs> repeat, repeatedly as possible. Um, how do you, how do you stop the North war machine from just juggernauting the way through your army? Sure. Uh, so I think 
any of you Infinity players out there who are experienced against playing uh, Pano will have a very comfortable experience playing against North. Uh, imagine a whole army <laughs> of nothing but Fusilier HMGs, right? And that's how you fight it. Don't get shot is the answer. Yeah. So, um, like, like, basically, what is their biggest strength? It's like whenever they hit you, you die. So don't let them hit you. So you remove their biggest strength is my is my attitude when I'm playing North. So um, take as many non-interactive objectives as you can, right? So things that don't require you to expose your fire. So uh, don't take pave the way if you can avoid it, right? If, if, if they have no soft targets, pave the way is not a great idea. Hold is fine. Uh, things like break the line. You only have to survive until the end of one turn to get the point. So do that. And then if you die, oh, well, you got the point. Um, things like flags is also great. You drop the flag in some place that their slow, ponderous Kodiak can't get to. Sure, your flag carrier is dead, but the flag is there and it's there for two turns while he's like lumbers his way forward as you as you maybe like <laughs> ECM hack it so he can only move five a turn. Right? No. Yeah. <laughs> so, so like that's kind of the thing you got to do. Like, Leverage like the the biggest things that they have um, are like, with the biggest guns generally are pretty slow. So if you can if you can force them to have to reposition or get out of position or move like across half the table to like defeat your objective, that's great because uh, that means they can't focus fire stuff. Um, so that's one thing you can do. Um, the other thing is if like you have to sort of figure out what their objective game is. Uh, and if you can disrupt it, great. If you can't, just try to outpoint them, right? I don't think you're playing for a blowout victory here because they're so dangerous if they shoot at you. You're kind of playing for like a just above a tie sort of situation. Like, so you're looking for a 5-4 win kind of situation. Um, and mm -hmm. like, don't overextend yourself trying to get a blowout victory because if you do that, you might just be dead and then you'll just lose. So uh, you have to be careful about that. So you got to focus on... Um, on your objectives and then like if you can do things like save one hover bike somewhere on the flank that is absolutely going to be in range of one of their hold objectives and then just like dive onto it and deny it at the last like the last activation of the game things like that are great to do but like don't overcommit to that strategy it's just that sort of that sort of like small tweak you can do to sort of swing the game in your favor um like i said before if they have a light recon group murder the crap out of it Th those things you actually can kill because they're low armor um, and pretty squishy. So uh, if you can kill it, great. That reduces their activation um, economy in your favor. So that lets you do things like force the Kodiak to move. And then it can't fire its mega gun at you. It can only fire its react gun at you. So you're basically denying it one action, which is great. Um, so mm -hmm. you always want to make stack the activation economy against North. right? So if you can remove a combat group full of small like cannon fodder or recon gear things do that. Um, so, you know, you want to, you want to think about that sort of stuff. Um, if, if you, the, the thing you need to worry about is like hunter spam because hunters generally hit way above their weight. I'm not talking about like the, the light auto cannon armed ones. Those are pretty like vanilla. And, you know, if you face yeah. other factions, like it's pretty reasonable to handle those. I'm talking about things like, Hunters with snub cannons that move a little faster than normal. Like those are things you need to worry about because those will destroy a flank or eat a backfield if you're not careful. Um, so uh, those things you you may need to dedicate some resources to slowing down with like hacks or or particle accelerators or just like straight up crippling them with something uh, and then just sort of like fading away. Um, so don't be afraid to focus things down with like uh, focus things down that have like snub cannons or bazookas if you're if you're concerned. So like. 
you can you can reasonably safely ignore most of their threats if they're not fast. If they're advancing on you, you have to do something about it, even if that something about it is just like running away, right? Either either try to delay them or just run away because if you have if you have better speed, you can just use the speed. Um, so yeah, in terms of in terms of target priority, you want to kill their fast stuff like we were just talking about, right? Like keep them away from you so they cannot draw lines of fire to you. And movement lets you lets them draw line of fire. So kill the fast stuff because that can set up shots from the really scary stuff like the precise ATMs and so on. Um, you want to worry about things like hunters that are pushing your flanks. Um, and then anything else that you you're doing, like don't think about like you're like I I don't know like I guess there's this thing. Like for example, my list, right? I guess the dragonfly is here. Um, I guess I'll shoot the the mammoth that's advancing. Don't do that, right? That's not important to your plan. It has nothing to do with winning the game, right? Like what can like when when you have that thought, you're like, I guess I shoot at the big lumbering thing. The north player is winning, right? Yeah. So so at that point, you should say, okay, stop. I have this activation now. This guy hasn't gone yet. What can I do with this unit that will advance my objective? Uh, objective point counter, right? Like, how can I get more points on the table? And if it's if it's just like, well, um, there's this hunter that's kind of close to this hold objective, right? So I will push the the dragonfly all the way up this the side and like hide behind this big rock, and uh, I don't shoot at anything. That's worth it because on the subsequent turn you can murder the crap out of that hunter, and then he has no way to hold the 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 uh, the points anymore or the hold the hold objective anymore. Uh, and now, you, now you you know swung the swung the point uh, points in your favor. So even if you're not shooting at them, but you're advancing either your objectives or denying your uh, their objectives, it's great. Um, one other thing that you can think about is like coming up with a good distraction card effects. That's reasonably a, a good bullet sponge. So I play CEF the most against Adam. So things like agile hover tanks with ECM and smoke cover are hard to kill. Right. That's why he takes what is it the two crossbow grizzlies with the arrow jaguar and then like a white cat right it's because you designate the light the light tank and then you spend three activations at like a bajillion dice and that is what's required to kill it right or sometimes he's had to take two turns so things that are not integral to your plan that you're safe you like you're reasonably comfortable sacrificing you can throw out there because like even even though like it's not immediately important to my plan like the hover tank is not going to accomplish you know um uh, break the line by itself, right? Like it's it's going to be there and it's going to support other things. It's not really an objective unit. You can make it one, but it's, it's sort of like a second or third string uh, from from that perspective. Um, but it is still a very dangerous unit, right? So like I've I've split fire on that medium rotary laser all the time. Medium frag cannons are great, right? Like you can you can really do a lot of damage with one. So it's a threat that Adam has to respect, um, or you know a North player has to respect. And basically, uh, you can leave it out there understanding it's going to die uh, and that will soak up a bunch of fire that your actually important things that are actually getting you points uh, uh, you know would have taken otherwise so those are those are things you can think about um, uh, also so I, I guess the other thing is you know we talked about uh, like, like rooster was saying about um, uh, threats right like different types of threats as a like threats as a combined arms sort of thing as opposed to like combined arms being like I have tanks and gears and VTOLs and infantry right like mm-hmm. I have varied types of threats I think that's a good way to to overwhelm a north player by saturating the north player with threats even if it's like okay well there's there's a threat of uh, 
I'm going to kill these hunters here that are holding this objective, or I'm going to kill this this Kodiak which is anchoring a flank, right? Like you can threaten that with like say a, a like a hover tank, right? Um, and also at the same time, you have something on the other side like a jet bike that is going to push break the line. And if you don't deal with that, I'm getting points. So which one do you shoot, right? I'm only going to present you with one of these to shoot at, or like maybe you have to move into position to see only one of them. Which one do you do, right? Either one is advantageous for me because then I can do the other thing that you're not shooting at. So you need to present the choice all the time, right? You're forking your opponent as many as at every opportunity. Um, so that's sort of sort of what I, I suggest is provide threat saturation, not just like actual direct kinetic threats, but also objective threats. Like if you don't kill this, I will get points. Uh, but if you kill that, then I will shoot you with a thing that will kill you, right? Then that opens up an opening for like a window for the other guy behind the other objective grabber to get the points. So those are those are things you can think about. Um, and then finally, when do you stop shooting at north? And I think it's after you cripple them. Um, mm -hmm. and I think that's good enough. Like hunters are hard to cripple and they're very hard to kill because of that. So once you've crippled a hunter and it's not like immediately, uh, a threat somewhere, you can safely sort of like back off the gas a little bit and say like, okay, the hunter is less of a problem now. I can focus on something else. So, um, you know, I, I think I think things like lions, you have to kill them because they're five, one, <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, things like hunters at four, two, anything that's three, three, you can probably, um, think about not 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 murdering it all the way if you if you're if you're uh have to do other things like objectives so like knowing when to back off the gas against north is important because you can easily fall into your own sort of distraction carnifex kind of problem where you're like oh god everything's that oh that's a there's three stump cannons over there i have to kill all three well you only have to kill the ones that advance right so that kind of thing um yeah that's sort of how to Deal with North in a nutshell. This is probably the the army that I've faced the most uh, in my yeah, in my relatively short heavy gear career. The distraction carnifex is a thing, because North has big guns. They're going going to want to deliver those big guns. So if you if if you choose the target, then yep. I feel like that's the thing to go shoot. I can shoot the thing. It's there. Yep. Right. It's definitely like the uh, raving waving the uh, the red cape in front of the ball. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, murder this. It's fine. As long as you're not murdering the thing I care about, then kill it all day long. Is the difference when you're when you're playing with your cat with a toy and it's attacking the cat, and then when it attacks your hand. You don't want it to attack your hand. Yes. You care about your hand. Right. You want it to you want it to kill the toy. Yep. I don't know, Rooster, so, do you have any other uh <laughs> advice? Oh, I think I think that that pretty much sums it up. It, the North, I, I, I feel like I connect with something that you said in the sense that if you're playing the North and you're really starting to get into that kind of slugfest with the North, you can get lost in that really fast and forget about your objectives. And it's very important to do exactly what you said. It was like, do the damage you need to do and then focus on your objectives. Yeah, I mean, most of the time... The games I lose the hardest are the games where I pull myself out of position because I want to run up and kill stuff. Right? <laughs> like, yeah. chase it down. My grizzly, my my you know my rapid grizzly will get there eventually. You know, just slugging across, mm -hmm. um, firing launchers and mortars the whole way. But um, yeah, don't don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> now, now I will say as a counter, 
uh, and this is for Northern players, uh, don't underestimate your Kodiak's ability to score breakthrough or break the line or anything like yeah. that. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they're not the fastest, but on the other hand, if you top speed that thing, it's only going to take so many turns before he's on the other side. And uh, it's a lot harder to get a Kodiak That's true. out of that zone than it is like an antelope or something. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, don't need to, you don't need to score break the line turn one. You can mm -hmm. score it turn four. Like, <laughs> I'll get there. Yeah. What's the rush? Hold on. <laughs> Yeah, mammoth line breaker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, like, this this is another reason why you should always have at least some EW presence, right? So have some ECM on the table so you can stop that kind of play. Yeah, keep them from top speeding. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, that is definitely something that I'm always terrified of. When I when I face things like your mammoth, because I think I think the last couple, like the last time you played your mammoth was when we were still pretty new, um, and you yeah. sort of like parked like it was in direct response to all of my harbor bikes and how OP they were at the time. Um, they're still a little OP, yeah, yeah. but that's it's okay. <laughs> so, but you like parked it in the middle of in the middle of your deployment zone and like saw half the table, and you're like, all right, John, come <laughs> come deal with this with your hover bikes. I'll just machine gun you to death. And I was like, all right, well maybe I, I won't go over there. Um, but if you had like chosen break the line and you're just like, all right, I'm going 10 inches that way. Like every turn, every turn mm -hmm. I'll, that's, I'll get there. It just won't be very <laughs> fast. Uh, I don't think I could have stopped you. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. cause at the time I, w I wasn't doing things like bringing four pylon warriors or something, or like, uh, I, I, I didn't have like a bunch of F-16 anti-tanks or F-616 anti-tanks. Mm -hmm. So, uh, mm -hmm. like, if if you're if you if you take if you as a northern player if you take stock of your opponent's force, you're like, there is nothing on that side of the table that can stop a mammoth. <laughs> well, the mammoth just puts everything into drive and goes that way, right? Just yeah. like straightforward, <laughs> and good luck stopping it. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, like you got to stop it eventually. Yep. Gonna go get its point. <laughs> well, very cool. That was. That was a lot of fun. This is a, a fun dive into an army that I think a lot of people might actually kind of dismiss as being a shallow army. Um, because much like Pano, people dismiss them early. They're like, whatever, it's it's got guns. But there's quite a bit of nuance into how you can deliver the guns. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it isn't just I'm going to punch you in the face. It's like, let me tell you the variety of ways that I can punch you in the face. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, more more seriously on that point, right? Like, it's absolutely a case of like, I have so I have a vast menu. It's like the scene in the Matrix. We need lots of guns, and all the guns like come flying in, right? Uh, so you have you have access to like basically any type of gun and any kind of delivery system you might want. Like we we're looking at the destroyer Dingo. Did you want a heavy bazooka at the midfield immediately at deployment time? Great, here you go, ten points done. <laughs> um, but a lot of it is like with North like. North is kind of a weird mix of Pano and U.S. Ariadna, in my mind. Yeah. I like the, US Ariadna. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, like, you have all these threats yeah. you, which you have to answer, uh, and they're they're varied in their delivery method, and so it's a lot more like if it, playing against North and playing as North, it feels like a very much like a pacing game, right? So like, where are my threats going? How are they developing turn to turn? Right? Am I shoving that mammoth directly at your table edge to get break the line or anything like that, or like maybe capture, right? Like I'm sure I'll, I'll park a mammoth on your side of the table. Good luck dealing with it. Like it just has to be alive. It can be at one structure. And if it's alive at the end of yeah. the game, that's a point for me. Um, 
So a, a lot of it is 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 uh, like it was, it was a bit of a mental game, right? So other things you can do, like, like in contrast, you play Peace River. Peace River, you know, you can ECM a bunch of stuff, and so there's like a direct in-game mechanic of like how you can slow things down, right? That's a thing that you have access to that North doesn't really have access to unless you start start to like really build out a bunch of uh, recon heavy groups or something. Um, but North tends to do that same kind of thing by saturating you mentally with threats as you know, and also saturating you positionally with threats. So it's, it's a very um, sort of more chess like game, I guess, from that perspective, right? Cause you're like, I'm going to do these things if you do not respond. Right. Uh, and playing against North and everything we've talked about so far is like, I, I need to, you know, fracture your attention, right? Because if I, like, even even with mega guns like North has, you generally have to do at least two activations to murder something. Sometimes you get lucky and you overkill in one shot. That has happened many times to me, but it's not the average case. So uh, if you can force North to split its attention, you have more things alive, probably crippled, but alive, right? And mm -hmm. that still counts for points in certain objectives. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's a lot of, like, playing like it, it, like the guy i'm saying it feels simplistic in the sense that like it's a it's a gun faction you shoot the things with the guns yeah. and you win but like how do you execute that uh as like a as a you playing your opponent and less about the models on the table right like how do you force their attention in certain places how do how do they respond to that how do they force your attention in certain places and so on so yeah no i dig it well Everyone, I think that that concludes our uh, discussion on North. Well, you've wasted another perfectly good <laughs> evening listening to Late Night War Games. John, take it away. Yeah, so remember to write in to mailbag at latenightwargames.com with questions, comments, fan mail, pictures of your feet, apparently. So that's a thing you can do. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> safe for work, safe for work, pictures of feet. Seems good. Uh, we'll put them on yeah. No, we won't. <laughs> uh, you know, you can you can check out all all of the stuff we've got going on at bromanacademy.com and lumberingsprocket.com if you play Infinity and Heavy Gear in in uh, respectively. Uh, we are here every Tuesday, eight thirty p.m. Pacific. Right, that's UTC minus seven. Um, and uh, we also have shows on Mondays for sculpting and Wednesdays for painting, same time slot. Uh, and then of course we've got uh, we've got our our uh, Tabletop Throwdown on Sundays with Tim and Clint. That's usually 10, 10 a.m. Uh, UTC minus seven. Um, yeah. Rooster, got anything you'd like to plug? Um, uh, I'll plug the forums real quick. Uh, one thing I'll point out is uh, I, I feel like that Peace River topic, I mean, all the topics are very useful, but the Peace River topic on the forums was very useful. Uh, it resulted in some good things. It's still resulting in some good things. There's more things to come. I don't want to spoil any surprises. Uh, but yeah, I like that Northern discussion that you started. I, I feel like those faction-specific discussions are very good because it it uh, it helps people bring forth how they see things and a different viewpoint and stuff. So uh, I will plug the forums. And um, anybody who's considering thoughts about the North, if you want to throw comments on that, please do. Excellent. So, yeah, the that's the thread that I started. It was over at dp9forum.com. That's the that's where the official forums are. Um, 
And next episode, we are, knock on wood, as long as it gets released on time, going to be talking about Infinity ITS Season 13. Teen, teen. We need a reverb button. For some reason, I want the reverb. <laughs> we, do, we do. We uh, do. Also, uh-huh. next, next, uh, next, next meeting. <laughs> Been in too many meetings today. Next episode, we'll be doing um, uh, all the Bromat Academy and Lumbering Sprocket stuff, right? Because it's a new month. Oh, that's right. So there'll be painting and all that stuff to judge. Uh, so that's that's happening next week too. You you guys have less than two days to to finish your work. I believe in you. You can do it. <laughs> Anything is possible. <laughs> all right. Um, and then of course we'd love to give a big special thanks to all of our late night war gamers on Patreon and to our sponsors DreamPod Nine, Mythic Games, Corpus Belly, Board and Brew, War Cradle Studios, and Brutal Cities. Be sure to catch us on Facebook, YouTube, and anywhere that you hear podcasts. If you enjoy the show, please take a moment to give us a five-star rating on iTunes and follow us on Twitch and YouTube. Click the, hit the bells and the stars and the hearts and the balloons and the lucky horseshoes. Clovers. Um, Clovers. Clovers. Yeah, right. All of the lucky charms. And all of that will help us bring you the best content that we possibly can and make us feel better about some of our life choices. <laughs> That's the key one. <laughs> All right. Good night. Yep. Thank you for coming on the show, Rooster. And thank you to all our listeners and watchers out there. And stay safe, everyone. Uh, Thank you for having me. Bye. Won't you play games with me? And I like to do everyone. That's what I like to do. That's what I like to do. That's what I really like to do. That's what I really like to do.